Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hi there. So much larger than life. Yeah. Lunch timers. The Matt Thomas Show. Twelve oh two in H Town. What's happening, lunch timers? Good afternoon to you, and welcome to a Monday edition of the Matt Thomas Show on Sports Talk Seven Hundred with Ross and Jacob. I'm Matt. Hope that you guys had a spectacular weekend, and I know the Astros did. Indeed, they did. Three out of four certainly ain't bad. So says. Meatloaf? Man, hey, I think he was two out of three. Oh, no, yeah, he, no, no. He's dead. I forgot about that. Wait a minute. Uh, he died in the last 12 calendar months. <laughs> you sorry. can't forget that one. I'm sorry. There's something you can't get right. That would be one you'd have to get uh, right. I miss he Marvin. Also, Marvin Hagler. Yeah, Marvin Hagler there, just so. died, and I'm a big boxing fan. That yeah. was a really bad one on my apparently, resume. Apparently, the, 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 elite, the <laughs> least amount of time passed that they've died is worse for Ross. That's true. If they've been dead for a long time, then I remember they're dead. Joan Rivers, alive or dead? Oh, she dead. Correct. It's not Friday. And two tall Jones. Oh, he is so alive. Okay. <laughs> I was 50 50. I feel like I can sporadically just try those a couple of times. You know what? Show. You should do it like a random point to like at least once an hour today. Yeah. It's a, it's a once an hour dinner live Friday or Monday on the Bad Topic oh, Show. No. All right. Why do you like to embarrass me with that? Uh, that's fine. I had uh, a good weekend. I didn't do much, frankly. That's which, good. Which those is, are the best weekends, if, to, if you ask me. I double napped yesterday. What? Oh, no. Oh, I single napped. Double nap. I double nap too, actually. Uh, yeah, I watched the Astros. I watched uh, two movies this weekend. Wow. Uh, I am no longer a virgin when it comes to Top Gun. I have watched the entire movie from start Wonderful. to finish. Okay, good. And it was fine. Uh, you know, my wife's like, you realize it was a mid to late 80s cu- cultural iconic movie. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, you know. And now you've seen it. And your thoughts? It. it was good. Okay. I mean, I, I, I you know. Wasn't really blown away by it, but it's also, hmm. you know, it was fine. I'll go see Maverick now. That's good. So they got, so me watching it on Netflix, which by the way, if you're going to watch the original on Netflix, you have until the end of the month, they're going to take it off after that. <clears throat> so be ready for that. And then uh, Maverick's coming out shortly after that. Wow. The soundtrack good. might be better than the, than the movie I itself. I think so. There's some good soft hits in that one. This song, of course, will forever, will forever remind me of when Tom Cruise is sweetly laying down, whatever her name is. It Kelly reminds, McGinnis. It reminds me of Always Sunny. Because <laughs> he does, Dennis does places. Oh, right, yeah. Dennis System. He's yeah. doing the Dennis System. I was watching that episode literally last night. Great episode. <laughs> it's a great show. You should watch I, it. I but I know you should. tried and you didn't like it. That's, That's okay. Right. So, uh, yeah, the soundtrack's really good. Uh-huh. Um, watch that. I also watched King Richard, the story about Richard Williams and his daughters. Oh, okay. Good. And that was clearly a production of the Williams family. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, it was really good. Will Smith was outstanding. It was about saying? how perfect the Williams sisters were. Right, so you're saying it was very positive and there was no negative things in well, it. Well, there was... 
you couldn't do two hours with Richard Williams and not bring up some of the negative, but it could have been a lot worse. Frankly, again, you could clearly tell they were making him more quirky than a holish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the daughters are doing well, did well for themselves. And Will Smith didn't slap anybody, did he? No, okay. but he really did hit the, I mean, write the character right on perfectly. Okay, good. So it was a good movie. It was worthy of seeing it. And so now I can say that I actually watched a movie that was nominated for Best Picture. Okay, now how many, uh, let's give me a one out of ten for King Richard. Um, seven or eight. Oh, okay. And then Top Gun? Six, seven? Ooh. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Tom Cruise looks like he hasn't aged a bit. Well, it was the eighties when you watched Tom, when you watched Top Gun. Yeah, but I mean, he looks he still looks good for his age now. Oh, you mean now? Okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he looked good in Top Gun. Yeah, Matt, that movie's forty years old. Yeah, can you believe it's it's four, it's uh, what is it like thirty something? Okay, so whatever that is, thirty six years ago. <sighs> it's a while ago. It took him thirty six years to, to reboot it. Well, it's actually, I think, I think the movie was ready to go before that. It was a think, pandemic issue. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, I'm 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 slowly working off my list. Goodfellas is next. <laughs> what? I don't really want to watch it, but I feel like you'll why never, not? Because it's got a lot of violence in. It. I don't like violence. Uh, there's not much violence. There's not a guy. I getting, don't believe that at all. I do not believe you at all. You are a massive <laughs> and terrible liar. There's not a guy getting stabbed to death in the first thirty yeah, seconds yeah. of the show of the movie. <laughs> I'm gonna have a pillow out near my head. Oh so just man, it's just a great, great movie. I'm, I'm looking forward to mm. seeing it sometime. All right. Good. So the Astros, let's get to them <laughs> yes. first. Uh, three out of four. Uh, on pace, guys, got them comfortably over 100 wins now, right? I believe now, so. Now, granted, you're not going to be able to play the uh, Texas Rangers. <laughs> and, you know, you've only got, what, now 12 against the Rangers left? you got two series down? So yes. Give or take? The silver boot <clears throat> firmly in the Astros' hands at this moment. At, at any point, will, the, will they ever get the boot back? I mean, I don't I don't see the Rangers ever getting the boot back. I don't know. I, felt, I mean, didn't they win it like four or five years in a row at some yeah, point? So the these Astros things are... go in cycles. Where is the boot? Uh, I thought you had it. You think it's in Jim Crane's office? Mm, yeah, maybe, but like in a box. Do you even think the Astros, can you even brag on a trophy when you're taking on it? Well, granted, their payroll has gone up significantly. Uh, with the you know with all their acquisitions this off season and it hasn't worked out because they're still kind of mired in last place in the America although they're better I mean they're they're a better team than they were before but it's not like they're going to be contending at any point uh, it was good to see Jose Arquiti throw a high strikeout low hit low walk kind of game yes Presley gets another save on the it's weekend after been rare for him the previous pitcher got in a little bit of trouble uh, the Astro Bats did just enough and. Remember how Jose Altuve, we, we were scared to death about maybe this is the start of the productive decline of one Jose Altuve's career? Yeah. Goes on the injured list after hitting about 100 in the first two weeks of the season. Wasn't looking good. Um, he is now scorching at the plate, including another leadoff home run yesterday. Yes, he is. Nine home runs on the season. OPS at 941. Mm. Hasn't reached that number since 2017. It feels like to me the strikeouts are dropping a little, a little bit, although he did take a called stri- uh, strike three yesterday. I was listening to uh, Robert and Steve on the game on that one. Uh, yeah, two more hits for him. OPS, you mentioned 941. Brantley's OPS at the 800. Bregman is a work in progress. Work in progress, sure. Why not? Uh, 229 after a one for two yesterday, but he got on base three times, walked twice. He's walking like crazy. He's, he's, always, way, had a, he's he, always had a good eye. He's always had a really good eye. Yeah. His whiff percentage is low. His walk rate is high. So that's what, at least you can set your watch to that for him. 
But what the heck else is going on with Alex Bregman, I don't know. Yeah, Gurriel still kind of not performing up to what he did last year. Uh, Pena, oh, that's gravy, baby. 851 OPS. That is music to my ears. We'll see. It's a long season. You don't want me to get that. Don't want you to get what? You know. What are you talking about? Uh, my original gut feeling about uh, uh-huh. Jeremy Pena hitting OPS of 800 or oh, Did you have that? I forgot. I, did. No, I totally no, forgot. No, no. There's no way you could forget because I constantly huh. tell you. Who can recall? Me. You know, I'm very forgetful, Matt. No, that's not true. So I got that to get to today. Well, I'm not going to root for a young man to go under 800 OPS. I would hope not. But if he did, and you're very wrong, selfish. I wouldn't be mad. Not going to happen. I should actually try to mend it. Uh, Lance McCullers threw sort of off of flat ground, not like above flat ground, but on all the way up to on the a slope. Group. Yeah, he was a sloper. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready to amend my innings count for him. Okay. Why? Started at 75. And then you went down to 70 already. Yep. Oh, you already did 70 on a gut feeling. Correct. Tomorrow, I might have a new gut feeling for you oh, on the number no. of innings. Oh, no. I don't think you're going to be very pleased with me. But it's going to be just the truth. Sometimes you can't handle the truth here on Sports Talk 790. Oh, man. We're, we're a week away from June at this point. Mm-hmm. Not on the rubber yet? That's okay, Matt. Mark my words. Somebody will say getting Lance McCullers back is like making a deadline deal. Oh, you that... The truth. That is such the cliche <laughs> right. sports. Like, when we go to sports radio world. <laughs> that's like an in day two of the class, <laughs> right? Yeah. Why well, sports I just radio one one? Yes. Yeah. Sports radio one one. Well, I, like I feel like James Clicker or Dusty's going to say it. Uh, oh, it'll be it'll be mm, it'll be more. I would go with more click than Dusty. Who, who's yeah, click probably teaching the sports radio one one class. Well, actually, Ross and I could we. We That's would, true. We would, we've been in this. We've been together since 2010. That's true. That's so true. we've done everything. So y'all, are probably, Highly, y'all are probably be teaching like the 3,000 level, though. Not the yeah, level. you're right. Well, no, 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 no. You've started something. I mean, what is sport? Okay, sports talk one on one would be. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Go ahead. Uh, we are the most interactive <laughs> show in America. Oh, okay. I uh, thought you were going to say who's going to be teaching that. Oh, who should be teaching it? I got no. I got no words. There's some people in this town. I wouldn't be. T- I wouldn't take a lesson from. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> I'm not saying. I, I, you know, I went to U of H and uh, spoke to a class. Oh yeah, you did. And I said, and they were shooting spitballs at you through yes, straws. They correct? They, yeah. were, they were making fun of you. Yeah. You're like, who do you do again? What is AM radio? I'm like, wait a minute, it's it's it's, on a, it's a frequency. You know what I always tell people? I'm like, AM radio is coming back. That's what I say when I meet random people and they ask me what I do. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah, I do, Matt. Oh, yeah. Coming back. We love AM yeah. radio. I've been doing AM radio all my life. It's never going away. radio. We're fine. No, here's the thing. In all seriousness, I was told that that's, that satellite radio was going to destroy terrestrial radio, which is what we are. It that has. was never going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. No, no. And it won't because no matter how many channels you have on your, on your, on your satellite, you want to talk about the Houston Astros, and we're going to do that on this radio show more than anybody else. You're going to come to us for that. For that, we thank you. If you want Texans off-season talk, I mean extensive, hour after hour after hour of, is Davis Mills an elite quarterback? Will Lovey Smith be able to have success the third time around? What is Pep Hamilton's offense doing right now here in late May? Can't find that on Terrestrial Radio. You find it right here on the 790. Sean Watson going to probably need to not watch any media in the next couple of days. We'll tell you about why that's the case. Uh, the Golden State Warriors 
Is I'm, it too, I'm is sick it, of them. Is it too early? For what? I mean... To hand them the crown? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, go ahead, because I love that gut feeling. <laughs> and you have did you have them, Warriors? Oh, yes. man, I forgot that. Yeah, Jacob, you, you, you saw, did you see the game last night? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're going to win it all. I mean, Luca had 40, Spencer Dinwiddie had 27, Brunson had 20, and they still couldn't win. The Heat and the Celtics could still possibly pose problems, but if they get if the Warriors sweep this thing and are just hanging out as the the Heat and Celtics are battling it out in a tough right. six seven game series, yep. that's obviously going to help them out. Yep. I watched a lot of that game yesterday, Ross. Uh, They're the best of the four that's left. I don't even think it's close. Okay. 713-212-5790 is how you reach our show today. 713-212-5790. Jimbo Fisher, Ross, ain't giving up on this hatred for Jimbo. He is still firing out. Do you think at some cylinders. point he's just got to stop talking about it? I would imagine so. Because of the core element. And Aggie fan, don't get mad at me, okay? But should A&M ever have a better recruiting class than Alabama? At its simplest core. An 8-4... and four. A&M team against the, the Alabama team that just lost the championship game? Of course not. All things being equal. Certainly not to the level of the greatest recruiting class of all time with all eight five-star players. Time. But, he, man, he just won't give it up. Let's tell you about the classic Chevy Sugarland and classic Chevy Highway 6. They're the GM dealers of the year. 12 years in a row now. All they do is win awards. They're like the Matt Thomas show of automobiles. Highway 98 and 59. That's where you can find Classic Chevy Sugarland. Classic Chevy Highway 6 is going to be found at Beach Hunt and Highway 6. That location's on Sunday. Why don't you relax and enjoy the difference with a GM dealership that has been recognized around the country for being one of the very, very best, the GM dealers of the year. Go by and ask for Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian. They've got more inventory than anybody else in the city of Houston. Go find out why. Check them out online, ClassicChevyHighway6.com, Classic Chevy. Sugarland.com, and you'll be able to find new roads at the best dealerships I know of. Classic Chevy Sugarland, Classic Chevy Highway 6. It is uh, 1220 on the Matt Thomas Show. 713-212-5790. Crowds have been fantastic at Minute Maid Park. Yes, they have. They have, they have 17 home games, which is among the fewest. Uh, going into the series with Cleveland, they have the fewest home games. Averaging like 36,000. Wow. Y'all can y'all can root for those local nine, can't you? People love their Houston Astros, Matt. Isn't it nice? It is very nice. We have one solid, legitimate title contending team in this town right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just if you continue to win year after year and compete for championships year after year, people show up. Who yeah. knew? It's and and have really uh, good uh, promotions. Oh, these, that's true. These ring bits. I'm telling you, if I owned a major league franchise, I'd have a promotion every single game. That's what the Astros don't they don't don't they? Pretty much. You do the dollar hot dog one night a week. Yes. You do a, a ring of some sort. Now mm-hmm. that they really got clever, you get an American League Championship ring with a person's name on it. They yes. do that like eight different times. Yes. They're smart. Marketing geniuses. Then jerseys and caps. Wonderful. Orbit's birthday. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case would be, it's just genius. Yes. It costs you $2, $3 most. You're charging $45, $50 a ticket. 
plus concessions. Plus concessions, plus uh, parking parking, and uh, the ability to go buy. I was in the Astro shop the other day. The place was jammed. Yes. I mean, Getting just Space City grand. gear. Yeah. You, I think it's fantastic. You got a Space City jersey that says Thomas on the back yet? No, no. With like seven ninety. No, I think it's Clan that did that. Oh, okay. We'll get you one. Are you sure? Your birthday's coming up, right? Yeah. Oh, I think I'm thinking about Steely Dan now. Matt, I got you. I'll get you a pair of tickets. May just be boys' night. Okay. Yeah. I was like, do you want to go see Steely Dan? No, go go with your buddies. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then I'll get you one ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Uh, are we? Uh, where are we on the panic button of one Sir Alex Bregman? Uh, let's see. What are we? Four, how many games in the season are we? Forty. Or the quarter pole. Highly concerned. Not panicked yet. But two twenty nine this late into the season. Uh, sprint speed as low as it's ever been in his entire career. I'm concerned, Matt. I don't know. He got on base three times yesterday. No, that's not what you typically want from your three. You want power, RBIs, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yes. all the good stuff. Yes. There may be a subtle change. I mean, is Kyle Tucker ever going to be anything more than a bottom third of the heart of the lineup? It makes sense. Well, I mean, Kyle Tucker, this is the thing. Is, is the Astros, the way they like to construct their lineups, and Dusty Baker, is they want to go left, right, left, right, left, right. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting with Altuve, then you're going to go with a lefty. Mm-hmm. And that's generally been Brantley. Right. Then you're going to go with a righty. So who in that three spot is the righty that you want in there for the Astros? It's the candidates basically are Bregman, Yuli, and Pena. Yeah, I, I, you see why he's doing it, right? So I mean, who would you? Yuli's been struggling, and I mean, is Pena? It would have been be, hitting well. It would have to be Dusty to, to get away from that sort of thinking, and I don't think. And Dusty's that's the way he's believed ever since he's been a manager. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't know. Is it is it really baseball sacrilege to put two lefties together in a lineup? Because the Astros just flat out refused to do that. The only time they did it in the Washington series because Washington only had like one left handed right. reliever, so right. he didn't have a lot to worry about in terms of yeah. lefties. Can I can I give you an overly simplistic of look where the team is? Let Bregman work through this himself. I'm not necessarily overly concerned. Is that okay? Or are we thinking? If this becomes a prolonged problem, what do you do when the competition gets a little str- stronger and you start thinking right. about what's going to happen come playoff time? I think you just have to trust as somebody with the track record of Alex Bregman and the work ethic of Alex Bregman that he's going to put it together and it's yeah. going to be fine. There was a story that Chandler Rome did over the weekend where he said he f- saw something mechanically with his wrist that he's fixing right. that was causing him yeah. to, I don't even remember what it was, more fly balls on the left field line or something like that. And he's correcting it and he's going to get better. We already know the eye is there, the patient there the whiff percentage is low and and that's good and that's always going to help him at least get on base because he's hitting poorly but he's still got a 350 on base which is solid and again for a guy that's batting only 229 his ops is 758 that means he's doing the other things exactly yeah exactly so you're you're hoping he's going to turn it around at some point in a perfect world when you're not worried about handedness you probably go what altuve tucker see kyle tucker to me looks like a perfect number two hitter I'm, i'm with you and I'm Bregman with you. should be the number three. 
But he's not performing to that level at this point. Yeah, way. but Brantley's hitting well as well. But I, I would like to Tucker, the speed of... Because if you get Altuve, Tucker, 1-2, that's a lot of speed on the base pass, in, in theory, for somebody like a Jordan Alvarez who's going to be clubbing home runs or doubles in the, into the gaps, and you can get guys going from first to home. To me, this is all wonderful problems. Think about this lineup. Mount Linnell's never going to get to 200 this year. It's, it's too far gone. He'd have to bat 300 for basically six <laughs> yeah. weeks. Back down to 116. Yeah, um... Guriel's underperforming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bregman's underperforming. Mm-hmm. And you are still 12 games above 500. You pounded the ball really for the better part of two weeks now, give or take. Yeah. I mean, these are, it's almost like we were talking about, you know, earlier. Well, are people getting tired of watching three and a half hour games? No, because if you're winning games, you don't care how long the game go. Are they not scoring seven runs a game? No. Are they scoring four and winning four to one on a regular basis? Yeah, don't care then. That's the thing is that it doesn't matter how the sausage is made, Ross, as long as the sausage is made. As long as it's delicious. And it's really tasty right now. (laughs) Astro sausage is delicious. Go ahead and mark that one down, Jacob. Thank you. There's nothing to mark down. Yep, got that. There's nothing to mark down. (laughs) Astros, uh, in terms of major leagues, uh, seventh in OPS. So they're good. Every bit of their offensive numbers the last two weeks have gone up. Yeah, they and were, frankly, in the year where the offenses in baseball are down as mm-hmm. they're moving up, it just it's, there's a reason why they're playing such great baseball, and it does coincide with the fact that Jose Altuve's bat has started to become a much bigger on factor. Fire yeah. Jose Altuve, and then Jordan has just been excellent the entire year. Basically, some struggles a little bit here and there early on, but yeah, this is a good lineup. It's a good lineup. It's got a game and a half now. The Halos are not going away. Credit where credit is due. So it feels like it's yes. going to be a two-team race. Seattle's fallen off the map. Oakland never considered a legitimate contender. Yeah, not worried about that. And them. Texas is who Texas is. Frankly, yeah. if you're Texas in 18 and 22, you're probably going, this is not terrible, mm-hmm. right? Compared to what they were normally accustomed to being, a team that's about a, you know on its way to losing 100 games normally. Yeah, Angels are second in Team OPS in the majors and fifth in ERA. So they're both good on both sides of the ball as of this moment. 713-212-5790 is how you reach our program. That if you want to get in, it's an open line day today. Uh, we have uh, Chandler Rome coming up at 2 o'clock. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. It's a Monday regular feature on the show. Well, I, well, you know, I'm going to write that down. Ask him about, I mean, how sacrilegious is it to have a couple lefties in a row? Good question. Guardians are in town for the first time ever. I don't mind the name. Doesn't bother me. I'm okay with it. It's a it's it's a tribute to the city. If you've been yeah. to Cleveland before, there mm-hmm. are two guardians literally that I when I was there last summer, you drove right by them. Yeah, they didn't just make it up. It fit the city. It's good, and it's, it's not named after a entire people, which I'm a fan of. Yeah, you know, now you and I've had this brief conversation. <laughs> the only one that ever really super bothered me was the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? We we didn't live the Cleveland Indian life. And we're not going to certainly live the Cleveland Guardian life. Three-game series starts tonight. We'll have it for you on Sports Talk 790 on deck show beginning at 6 o'clock. 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. Uh, win totals are out for Power 5 schools in college football. We'll see how our favorite schools do. Although we're not technically in the Power 5 yet. But my answer would be 11. 11 and 1, somewhere in that range. 11, 12 wins, whatever. We'll yeah, see. your your team is not in the Power Five. It will be soon. One, mm, we'll see how things so. shake out. Oh no, Big Twelve the extra basic economy. Big Twelve economy plus. Big Twelve light. L I T E. Uh uh-uh. uh. You guys are your your SEC basic economy. 
What are you, you talking take, about? You take that roster from last year, you'd be lucky to win two games. You'd be lucky to beat Vanderbilt and Kentucky. <sighs> I don't know if that's accurate. You're right. You may just if be they're battling out there, Matt. Yeah, okay, whatever. 713-212-5790 plus Deshaun Watson is in to watch HBO for the foreseeable future. What else we got? The NBA playoffs. The Warriors just look ridiculously good right now, and that makes me sad because they've just already won a bunch of games. 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790 with a word for Houston Scrap Metal Recycle Center. If you've got junk, and we have been uh, basically cleaning out our house for a better part of two months, and there's been old refrigerators, old microwaves. We've had a big old flat screen television we got rid of the other day. And taking it to the good folks at Houston Scrap Metal Recycle Center was the right thing to do because they'll take your scrap, they'll take your junk, they'll take your aluminum, they'll take your steel, whatever you have that's just laying around the house or in the garage, and turn it into cash. 281-636-2711 is their phone number. That's 281-636-2711. Victor and his crew will pay top dollar. Call them. Tell them what you have. Then you can meet them at their location on West Montgomery Road, and they will, in their eco-friendly facility, take everything out of your car for you and pay you big-time cash. 281-636-2711 or online, HoustonScrapMetal.co. That's HoustonScrapMetal.co. Thomas Show on this Monday the 23rd, 1233 is our time. We really appreciate y'all spending some time with us. 713-212-5790 is how you reach our show. If you're on Twitter, it's at SportsMT. Coming up in the next segment of the show, uh, we're going to hear more from Coach uh, Jimbo Fisher, who clearly is still pissed off at Nick. Hey. <laughs> Are we supposed to take sides on this? Is that what American sports fan wants to say is, Nick, you are out of bounds, or Jimbo, stop lying. I mean, are we supposed to, or can we both say, both of you, shut your bum asses up? Tell the truth. In general, Matt. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Don't you think sometimes people who are guilty of something or feeling guilty about something are the loudest to go against it? Get in front of this camera, get in front of that camera, call this press conference and all that. Like, clearly, Nick Saban struck a nerve with Jimbo Fisher. And I'm not saying there was any rules broke or anything no, like no, no. that. I, I will go, I'll tell one step further. I believe that Jimbo Fisher did everything on the up and up. Absolutely. I absolutely believe well, yeah. that he paid for this class to get <laughs> as good as it did. I believe he put the mechanisms in, 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 in motion in order to get the number one recruiting class. Because let me tell you something. I think Texas A&M is an outstanding institution. It's got amazing facilities. It's in the best conference in America. But by no means should it have had the number one recruiting class. Of all all time. There's just no way. There's no Jimbo Fisher won a national championship at Florida State. When you win a national championship, you should have the best recruiting class coming off a national championship. You don't have the best recruiting class coming off of some bowl game they played. Which I don't even remember what it was. Eight and four. I think it was a Gator Bowl. Gator Bowl. You... No one in the world of college athletics said, <laughs> when you win the Gator Bowl, you get to have the best recruiting class in the country. Uh, yeah, so I just find it a little curious that he continues to go in front of, he's calling press conferences and going in front of microphones and going in front of TV cameras and going in front of this San Antonio guy and all that type of stuff. San Antonio guy. I like it. It's TV station, Case Hat. Very clearly, Nick Saban struck a nerve. 
very clearly he knows. I think he knows deep down in his heart. But yeah, you come off an eight and four Gator Bowl season and get the number one recruiting class of all time, eight five star players. When you didn't have eight five star players your entire tenure at Texas A and M, people are going to be sniffing around and asking questions. And he wants to get in front of it and say everything was on the up and up, which it very well may have been in today's rules, of course. NIL is something you can't hide because they're speaking for a product. Correct. The players. And give, let me tell you something too. These companies are going to be proud to say we are brought to you by or this we're sponsoring this kid. Mm-hmm. I know somebody that sponsors a kid at the University of Texas. He's bragging about it. That's well within his right. Yes. The people that are brought, that are sponsoring the U of H basketball players, they're bragging about it. So it kind of works both ways. It's not just the athlete to say I'm here for this. It's those companies that say, hey, guess who we take care of. We take care of our athletes. Oh, that's right. They didn't play in the bowl game, right? They had too many. They had COVID issues, is what they said, or something. I forgot about that. They yeah. they were in the Gator Bowl and they pulled out. Okay, so a Gator Bowl parti- uh, <laughs> nominee, like, invite, you, no, invitee, invitee. Yeah, they're a Gator Bowl. Invitee. So a Gator Bowl invitee gets you the chance to get the number one recruiting class in the country of all time. Sure, of all time. John and Santa Fe on the Matt Thomas Show. John, thanks for holding. What's going on? Hey, man, not too much. I was just listening and. Here just a few minutes ago, y'all were talking about how concerned are we about our boy Bregman. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to mention, you know, yeah, his average is down. And, you know, y'all already hit upon all these things, like his on-base percentage and all that's decent. Uh, But I'll I'll either watch or listen to him every day, and uh, as do you. And, man, Bregman's hitting to a lot of bad luck. I mean, he's hit some balls on the screws that have been hard outs. One in particular that stands out in my mind is when – Springer basically beat us two days in a row, once in the field and once with his back. And um, I've just been paying attention. Do I think maybe he needs to be moved from the three-hole till he figures it out? Eh, yes and no. Uh, We're winning. So uh, no on that standpoint. But, you know, if our luck starts to change and we start missing some opportunities and some key situations out of that keyhole, then maybe. Uh, But uh, I don't know. I just think if you really pay attention, the guy has had some some bad luck at the plate. He's really hit some balls hard uh, throughout the season that have been out. And uh, I'll I'll uh, hang up and, and and listen to your comments. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, he brought up the the Springer play. Remember that ball that he that George saved the victory for the Blue Jays. That was Alex Bregman that hit that rocket out to right field. Yes. No, there have been some double plays. Like, what was it, Thursday night? I did the tenth uh, inning show. He the first two swings, he goes ground ball to shortstop. The Rangers turn into two double plays. But I think overall, this has been a more productive weekend for him than it has been maybe in previous weekends. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't know if I, if I can get all that upset with anybody. Like, Yuli struggled for a while, and he came out of it, and he's now regressed a little bit back to the norm. But the Astros will keep winning. I think it's going to really be, we'll have the microscope on all these guys September 25th. October 1st, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I mean, it's it's early, but it's getting late into saying it's early. Like It's, it's, it's a quarter point. <laughs> right. We, we can still say it's early. And, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we've seen a major, major League Baseball player struggle for 40 games. It happens. I mean, right. we guys can struggle for the entire half a season. Like right. Aaron Judge did recently. I think yeah. John Carlos Stan, others we can point to, right. even on this team, who struggle for even half a season and start turning it around. So it is early, but... I mean, just continue trotting him out there at the number three spot of the of the lineup without seeing these results. It doesn't feel ideal. You know what's great, though, is the starting pitching has been very consistent. Yes. Verlander is pitching to Cy Young material. Yes. The bullpen, 
rarely leaks. Correct. It's got a lot of high leverage guys. Mm-hmm. And the one thing about this bullpen, and we'll talk to Dusty Baker about this tomorrow, it feels like it's got the best velocity the Astros bullpen has had in a long time. Nair is throwing 100. I mean, who else is in that group that throws at 97? Ryan Stanek's throwing at 100, mm-hmm. 101. I mean, this Brian has been Abreu. Ryan Abreu. They're all really hard throwers. You know why I like that, Ross? Because guess what? These guys are going in to bat to face three or four hitters at a time. They're not. They're not. They're never going to see a second time to the lineup. So you go out and you bring that gas. Mm-hmm. That's a huge adjustment for somebody to have to face. And you're just going to get it consistently. You, yeah. you never give them a break towards yeah. the end of a game either. That's a good so, thing. I, I'm just. It feels. It feels good. Really good. I think we all want it to feel great. Because if you can get Bregman going a little bit, you can get Maldonado to 175. You can get Gurriel to not necessarily win a batting title, but to get him a little higher than what he has been. The thing is for Bregman, too, is, is he's starting a team in RBI. He's got 23 RBI. He's, his average is, is low. It's 230, but he's still got five home runs. He's got 23 RBIs. Mm-hmm. He's got more walks than strikeouts this year. So, I mean, he's still playing well. His average is, is, is not as high as we expect to see it. Oh, for sure. It's it, it, you just want to you don't want to go all the way to the regular season and enjoy this, and then all of a sudden he's one for eleven in the in the division series, whoever they may be playing. I, I, I know where everybody's thinking because frankly, that's what we should be thinking. This is what the Braves thought about for basically fifteen years. Oh, this is cool, winning games in May. How are we going to survive in October? Yeah, and, and the interesting thing is, I was just looking this up. Uh, we talked about LPS a lot, right, on the show, Matt. And usually, I would say league average is around seven forty, seven fifty, depending Correct. on the given year. This year, major league average OPS is six eighty seven. That's so maybe saying yeah. Alex Bregman at seven fifty eight is league average. I mean, it's obviously that's not true. He's he is a, a good chunk above league average. The, just the hitting is way down across the board. Real quick before we get to our next timeout, we get to a little uh, saving commentary. Uh, Joseph in Pearland on seven hundred. Hi, Joseph. Uh, yes, how you doing? I'm, I, I called the show uh, because y'all was talking about baseball. Uh, listen, uh, seriously now, okay? Now Bertman in that third hole. That is a a single hole, a base in hole. It's not an RBL hole. He should be in the fifth spot. That's what I agree upon. Okay. Okay. So, and, and who are you putting in third? Are you putting uh, Yuli in third? Yeah, actually, I put the big guy uh, in. Uh, Jordan? I mean, he's the cleanup. Yeah, put him, put him in third. Yeah, you the know, Astros and Dusty Baker don't like putting lefties back to back. So if you have if you have Brantley second at le- and he's left handed, and then Jordan left handed, they don't like to do that for whatever reason. We can ask Dusty about that tomorrow. Yes, we can. And it may just be look. I've done this for all my managerial career. Yeah, absolutely, and it makes still, that's still one of those things that old standby that Dusty still holds to as an old school style of baseball. He still adheres to as far as not putting left left in a row. Yeah, and and with today, if with he's the, allowed to do so, when you have the relievers coming in and they have to face three batters, if you put three lefties together, you're just doing the other manager a favor. They're going to bring in a lefty. So I understand that. 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790 is how you reach our show. On Twitter, at SportsMT, at SportsRV, and at Beck 790 Right now, your opportunity, I hope that you've been able to uh, uh, get those uh, free air filters from freefilters.com, but I've got another message for you, especially for those of you that are concerned about your air conditioner and whether or not it's working. AC Club has a low 
price guarantee on AC repairs and system replacements. That's right. If you are feeling the 90-degree temperatures right now, AC Club is here to help you. As the world's first tech-enabled AC company, they will streamline the entire HVAC service process and pass all the savings directly back to you. They're the only AC company that publishes their price list on the Internet and gives you, the customer, upfront cost transparency. I have an air conditioner in the second floor of my house that needed some work. And guess who's going to get the call? It's AC Club, and you should, too, if you are concerned about your air conditioning running not at its peak performance. Do yourself a favor. If you need an AC repair or service and want the best price, go to acclub.com. That's acclub.com. Or call 833-4-AC-CLUB. I'll give you the number one more time. Please, please, please do not put your family in a tough situation with an air conditioner that's not working at your house. It's 833-4-AC-CLUB. 833-4-AC-CLUB. Forty-seven on Sports Talk seven ninety. It is the Matt Thomas Show at Sports MT at Sports RV at Joe George Radio, which is on the afternoon. It's J Beck seven ninety. Anybody else we need to mention? I think we're good. Uh, Juggalo underscore Trey forty eight. Good kid. Regular listener of the show. Yes, he is. Can't even call an alias when his voice is so detectable. <laughs> That's true. All right. So last week we had a lot of fun with. Nick Saban calling out Jimbo. Jimbo then went scorched earth the next day. <laughs> yes, he called a pre- pre- uh, like a special press conference. And then, well, no, it was actually previously scheduled. So, oh, okay. in, in fairness, so I thought I read on Twitter that somebody said he called a special one at ten a.m. No, it was supposed to. Be, okay, it was I'm sorry. That's okay. Doesn't really matter if, if he would have for sure. <laughs> right. You're just not gonna let Nick Saban get on the rule of roost on this one. So then. Apparently, uh, he went on KSAT TV, Channel 12 in San Antonio. Yeah. Why KSAT? Because probably he was in town for some San Antonio Aggie. Oh, that's or true. Like that. Yeah, everybody's on their speaking tours right now. <clears throat> right, that's right. All the coaches. And uh, here is some of uh, Coach Fisher, still not very pleased with the Alabama, Alabama coach has yes, to say. Yes, here's uh, him on KSAT. First thing, talking about the, they had 11 signees who were early enrollees. Here's what Jimbo had to say about those. And name, image, and like, and I keep saying this about recruiting, and I just researched this. Of the 11 guys we have in, in place in, that came early, one guy has an NIL deal. Really? Yes. Just one? Just one. So all these stories you're hearing are complete lies. Well, now, because what, was, what happened over the last 48 hours? Nothing, and it never happened before. Because it was written on social media, and it started with the Bro Bible Sliced Bread deal. Right. So everybody believed it. Nick, all the people obviously believed it. I went and checked with our compliance people because we have nothing to do with it. One guy. One guy out of 11, says Jimbo. So he's saying that 10 of the 11 are there because the academics are good, the facilities are good, and they love the coach. Mm-hmm. Could be true. I mean, there's some reason. I don't know. I mean, we, we, he wasn't put under oath. He wasn't, there wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't attached to a lie detector. <laughs> uh, Maury wasn't involved. You know, Maury retired from his show. Maybe I he know. just maybe he just run around to every college institution in America. Did you cheat? Yeah, you know it was funny because remember that we talked about the only times you watch Maury in the hotel in the room. Yes, yeah. I was at a hotel room, and when we were at Jazz Fest, going to Jazz Fest, and I ended up watching like 15 minutes more. I didn't, he has gotten old. He does need to hang it up. 
Yeah, I didn't realize how bad it was. All right, anyways, uh, here's uh, Jimbo Fisher some more. He does not understand why this is happening. I've just got to ask you: Were you shocked that this came up? Because you just told me you only had one. I said that about I said that about a while ago. It's like why I made the original one back in February when they said we had thirty-five million dollars in the thing. That's that's it's all false. It's all it's all it was written on social media, so everybody believes it. And you got news channels believing it. Hey, big people believing it, and you believed it. Well, and Nick Saban believed it, obviously. Well, he's not news. You're news. You're media. Do you guys not research? But Nick's- I, I, I'm asking you: Did you re- did you do your research? Uh, you just no, no. So you can't answer. So you just assumed, and that's the way this world goes now. As soon as it's written on social media and someone says it, you believe it. <laughs> Guns are blazing for Jimbo Fisher. I love it. I love it. Okay, so before we go to more tape, because this is this is great audio, by the way. This is why you listen to this show. Others talking about Texans' future wide receivers. We're going into some good, juicy Jimbo. When you see something like that, is it incumbent upon everybody to go? How would how would you and I check that out? Well, it would take us weeks to figure this out. To go look into NIL, right? But we, you and I, haven't spouted and said A and M has a thirty five million dollars slush fund. Or at least said that or presented that as fact to our listeners. Correct? We didn't do that. I didn't do that. No. So. But we're certainly taking what, what, what Saban said and went, wow, this is pretty incredible. Well, that's true. When Nick Saban comes in front of a microphone and says they bought every single one of their players, I assume he knows what he's talking about. But may, Jimbo is saying he doesn't. Well, Jimbo is saying the average coach lies three times a day. <laughs> Well, and, that, and that was Nick Saban's well, line. college coach probably a little higher, honestly. That's true. He's more <laughs> yeah. than five and a half to six range. Yes, yes. But point being is this. How do I delicately say this? We read a lot of things on social media, or it could be print, it could be on radio, it could be on television. We're, the average human being is not going to check. It'd be like, for instance, watching a campaign commercial during political season and saying... I'm, you walk up to me and say, I'm going to vote for this other guy because the guy I just wrote on the commercial did this, this, and this. And then they say, well, did you check on the, did you check the records? Did you do the research? Nobody researches every single thing that's ever heard. That's true. And but- no one is going to go, go, well, you know, A&M had the number one recruiting class. I wonder why. Let me do a deep dive on that. Life, we don't have time in life to deep dive. I think we have to take the people that we trust in journalism. We take the people that do speak. And we have to say to ourselves, is Nick Saban saying something that is flat out libel or slanderous? Or is he saying there's a reason why A&M is the number one recruiting class? And I mean, and can we fact check Jimbo? Does only one of the 11 enrollees have Yeah, why are we supposed to believe Jimbo? He's saying that. We don't. So then what is Greg Simmons, who's the anchor on Channel 12, is he not supposed to stop tape and go, hold on, I need to go check to make sure the things you just said are accurate. (laughs) Right. I mean, we're not... There should be fact checking in this world, but there should, you Absolutely. can't fact check every single thing that you ever hear. Right. I, I agree we, with that. We typically do not put erroneous material out there on this show. <laughs> no. I would not put blatantly put lies yeah. out there. We do have to fact check Jacob from time to oh time. Oh my God. His, he, his, he Schultz is it from here no, and there. You are, yeah, you are, you are Jay Schultz 790. <laughs> All right. A couple more here from, uh, uh yes, uh, from uh, Jimbo. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, are you still talking to Nick Saban or are you still ignoring his calls? Why would he make that accusation, though? If, if it's why did, you, why did you make that accusation? I didn't make any accusations. I don't know. You have to ask him. Has he apologized to you at all? No, we haven't talked. 
And would you accept his public apology? I said we're not talking. But he publicly apologized. Do you accept that? I didn't read it. I didn't read social media. We said it on Sirius XM, but whatever. That's I, didn't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't listen to radio. I don't listen to that. <laughs> he, now he's so full of it now. There is no question Man. that he's got a minion out there looking for Nick Saban on the daily clip he, sheet. <laughs> now, that's just a lie. I guess he's not sending Saban a Christmas card this year. Man, I can't wait. October 8th. A&M, Alabama. Why can't we go to the... We should go to the SEC Media Days and just, oh. just sit there and watch. No, it's going to be covered by the station, I'm sure. No, but but Lockton SEC can't do it like we can. Well, I'm ready to go. Where is it? Atlanta? Is it Birmingham or something? No, it's usually okay. Birmingham. I think it's in Atlanta that's going Okay, around. good. You think Gordy, think Gordy would give up the trip for us? Hey, he's probably already... No, he's... You know he doesn't want us bogarting in on his trip. Big five-star. Yeah, the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. There he's you go. Gotta, he's got to go anyway for Lockton SEC. July yeah. 18th to 21st. Yeah, can we piggyback on his trip? Can we stay in his room? I'll sleep on the couch. No, I'll get my, I need my own room. Okay, well, you get your yeah, own room. Me, I'll sleep on Gordy's couch. Oh, I'll you know what? Gordy's a snorer. I'll get my uh, own oh room. Oh, my God. You, yeah, Gordy's got to <laughs> sleep by himself. Does he, need a, does he have a CPAP or something? I mean, he, 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 he can borrow mine. Where Are we a CPAP group? I got to sleep after Yeah. I don't, actually. I don't either. I'm, I'm actually, well, it's it's better. Turns out when you lose a little weight and get in better shape, it goes away. All right, one last quickie <laughs> from uh, Coach Fisher. Yes, last one. Uh, Jimbo Fisher says A&M is just not better than anyone else. Why are the Aggies so good at this? In other words, we're not. Are you, really? You don't think you guys are more organized and more no. than any other university? Mm-mm. You don't think that would not have been somewhat of a motivation of why he did what he did? I don't know. You have to ask him. Gotcha. Is there anything you'd like to add to the last 48 hours that have happened here? Yeah. There was one deal. That's one deal. That was it. And those are. And I checked on that. And I checked on that from our compliance. That's where it goes. And that's all 11 of the early signings. Mm-hmm. I don't believe him. He, uh, yeah. Come on. Obviously. Look, and it is what it is. Like, I, I just, I'm not, like, it's not sour grapes or bitterness for me or anything like that. Like, uh, more power to Texas AM taking advantage of something that was, I mean, obviously. On the up and up, supposedly on the up and up. Yes, because remember, nil deals cannot be brokered by the institution. No, they cannot. And Jimbo, yeah, he even said it in those quotes. They can't. They don't know anything about it because it doesn't have to do with them. But, when, fact, but a player does have to report to the when they does when a player gets one, they have to there, report. There it to is the school. some sort of clearinghouse right. they have to go through. But yeah, but it's generally speaking, it's he the player can walk up to the coach that can go to the athletic director and say hey i've got a six figure deal with a pizza company or whatever the case is you know I, I didn't have a chance to read the entire article but Stuart mandel put together an article and uh, there was a report that one player got 8 million dollars in one of these deals do you know what school it, it, they wouldn't say it was anonymous you know why that's anonymous because if you're not if you're on that school and you're not and you're you're just as important as that player is you're gonna say, "Where's my eight million? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're the best, Rossi, real quick, I got thirty seconds on this. You're the best left tackle in America, but offensive line don't get any run. If you are going to be the number one left tackle in America, how the hell are you gonna just sit there and watch the running back who may be the second best running back in the conference or third get all the money? You get squat." What are you going to do? What's your yeah. recourse? You're going to yeah, quit, no you're gonna quit football. You're no, gonna, your feelings are going to be hurt. You're going to be jealous. Grumpy. You're going to move on, though. You'll be grumpy. Sorry, sorry, your feelings are hurt. That's why we're not going to find out who the eight million dollar guy is. I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> oh hell no. Twelve fifty eight. Second hour of the Matt Thomas show. We celebrate.
Another series win against the Rangers. Death, taxes, and Houston victories against Texas. It's the Matt Thomas Show on Sports Talk 790. This is the Matt Thomas Show. And Altuve drills this one deep to left field, going back on it right at the wall, looking up. See you later! Jose Altuve does it again, his 26th career leadoff homer, and it is one to nothing Astros. He's wide and high, deep in the heart of Texas. Here's the pitch, and it's pulled, and that's a fair ball down the third base line. It kicks off the ball boy down the line. Altuve is going to score. It's an RBI double for Bregman. And it's 2-0. Right over the third base bag. That's on the way. And that is whack. Pretty deep to right center field. Calhoun is going back. So is Garcia. And it is off the top of the wall in front of the Astros' bullpen. Bregman around third and coming home. No throw to the plate. RBI double for Jordan Alvarez. And the Astros' lead is 3-1. Deep in the heart of Texas. The rabbits rush around the brush. set. 3-1 to high. Ground ball right side, two is right, Altuve to second for one, Pena on the first, that's two, and that is the ball game. Fist pump from Ryan Presley as the Astros hold on to beat the Rangers 5-2. to two. Astros take three out of four in the series. How about executing a 3-1 breaking pitch to get that rollover? The Astros won this series because of their defense. Perfectly timed. Second hour of the Matt Thomas Show underway on Sports Talk 798-104 with Ross, Jacob, I'm Matt. Deep in the heart of Texas. It's a what's banger. The, what's the one they play that's uh, seventh inning at the Astros? Who is that? I don't know. Was that Willie Nelson that sang that one? Not, I don't know. I'm not sure. We'd have to talk to JBEC 790 about that. He's very busy. It's okay. Oh, headphones are on. What, what's the question? <laughs> what version of oh, Deep in the Heart of Texas? Oh, I was going to say, try to see, guess what the question was. Oh, okay. Well. Too late, sorry. But who sang that version of Deep in the Heart of Texas? It was lyrics. Oh, the song was recorded by Perry Como with Ted Weems and his orchestra. Oh. Hmm. First time Perry Como's ever made an appearance on this show, I think. No. We've played some, I'm sure, some Christmas songs. Well, not on my watch. Yes, your faves. Yeah. You love Christmas music. I do not like Christmas music. Scrooge. I don't Scrooge. No. I don't know. I am, you know what they call me? Scrooge. Mr. Mr. Christmas. They call you Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck? Yes. Okay, I don't think they call me that at all. <laughs> So the song's title was borrowed for the name of a 1949 Western film starring Johnny Mac Brown. Huh. Maybe that's where Mac Brown has that Maybe song. that's where I came up with the movie and the song. And the rabbits are rushing around the brush. When I was uh, taking a Sally out on a stroll. And it was uh, that sage in bloom is like perfume, like my wonderful Sally. <laughs> I can't believe Jimbo and Nick Saban are going at each other with their throats. This is just terrible. You know, that doesn't happen here in North Carolina. We'll just behave ourselves in the ACC, trying to play the best we can. We just love that Carolina blue. All right. This is your fault. It's everybody's fault. No, Everybody, it's Jacob's fault. Everybody can do a Mac that Brown. That's my fault. Everybody can do a Mac Brown. <laughs> Anyways, the Astros with a nice victory over yeah. the Texas Rangers. Three out of four, yeah. Mm-hmm. Game and a half lead over the Halos. 
Guardians in town for a three-game series. All Wonderful. Three right here on 790. All night games this week. So, mm. it's actually put the hours in. Well, I don't. I have no nightcaps. Oh. Till Thursday. Till Thursday. All right. 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. If you want to reach out on Twitter, you may do that at SportsMT, at jbeck 790 and at SportsRB. All right. Uh, Deshaun Watson, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, is not going to watch, probably going to want to watch <laughs> HBO Real Sports. Now, you know that Rusty Harden is attorney will. Do you think Deshaun Watson, I think he will watch. My guess is probably. My guess is that uh, that uh, Rusty will make him watch it. So, there is a big headline with these press releases about television shows. And the he- headline is, several of Deshaun's accusers to appear on HBO's Real Sports. The interviewee is Soledad O'Brien. Friend of the show. Not really. She follows me on Twitter. Really? She also follows several hundred thousand people. Oh, okay. She's like the Tay Diggs of uh, of Twitter. Okay. So when you follow, when somebody follows you, and my DMs are open anyway. At SportsMT. If you want to send me a DM, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> at SportsMT. Just make sure it's polite. And don't, gonna, put, and don't put bro in yours. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a burner and send you a bunch of mean DMs. I would hope you wouldn't. <laughs> uh, so I reached out to her through her DMs, and I, and I have not received a response back, which is fine. Maybe, maybe it's somebody else. Well, like, she so, follows 430,000 people. She's probably getting like 1,000 DMs a day. But I sent it at 10 o'clock yesterday morning. Oh, okay. I mean, you could run through them fairly quickly because mm-hmm. I want to get her on the show. So... Come to find out, according to Pro Football Talk, that the number of people that will be, you know, when, when you hear the term several, what do you, what number do you think? Three, of? three minimum. There will be two of the 22 cases. Okay. Now, that'll be two more that have been interviewed than anybody, anybody else in a public setting. Mm-hmm. So I am very interested to see what it says. But I do believe it's a, a, a wee bit misleading to say several when it's two of the 22. Mm-hmm. That could be semantics. That could be HBO's 23-year-old, first time out of college executive producer putting a headline out there. I don't really particularly care. But it would be more accurate to say a couple of or two of. Or multiple. Even multiple is misleading to me. Yeah, yeah. I would say two. When someone says several to me, that means you got ten women on a on a, uh, on a a riser, five on one row, five on the other. And yeah, just right. just peppered with questions. <laughs> yeah. Two does not give across the term several right. to me. Now, and all it takes is one, frankly. Mm-hmm. One person that... a jury or a judge would believe that Deshaun acted improperly for him to get a terrible mark against him. But it is a little disingenuous to say that there are several of them. Right. Misleading unnecessarily. There's no reason for that. So uh, I I would invite all of you uh, to record it and I will be more than happy to discuss it with you Wednesday. Uh, we will get clips from it somehow, some way for the show on Wednesday. So in case you don't get to see it, we'll be able to get a clip. But I think I think it would be better for you in context to be able to find somebody or maybe you've, you've got HBO to DVR it and be ready. Because I would be very curious to see what you have to say. I will say this. I think we will be quite shocked, Ross. Because when you hear women like this, the two of them will come and they will be very emotional about it. And I'm sure, I'm sure so that O'Brien, who's an excellent journalist, will not be asking the softball questions. There'll probably be... A little bit of both sides on this. Yeah, no, according to Tony Busby's law firm's statement that they were, it says, quote, I can tell you hard questions were in fact asked not only of our clients, but me as well. The firm has been trying and winning civil cases for 25 years. We're extremely confident in these cases. 
So uh, it says, I was impressed with Tony Busby's office. I was impressed with HBO's diligence and insistence on fairness. HBO refused to provide us beforehand the questions they intended to ask despite our requests. So Tony Busby says they asked for the questions beforehand, didn't get them, and got asked hard questions. So, And it sounds like to me that that Tony's going to like what he... That yeah. he believes whatever is said tomorrow night on HBO is going right. to go a long way towards public opinion. When Tony is leaking something, when Tony's making a statement, when he's calling press conferences, it's in all likelihood going to put him and his clients in a good light. Yeah. So I would just ask all of you uh, that have any interest in this whatsoever to uh, watch it tomorrow night. I be- I don't even know what time yeah, what time's going to drop on the because I don't have HBO. I do have the Max though. Usually it's the same day. Okay. Because I used to I, I watch Winning Time on the same day that it's okay. released. So I if you have HBO Max, you're going to be in, in a good spot as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a great show. I've watched it, real sports for years and years. They've gone a little too much in the concussion stuff and stuff that's kind of uh, out of my interest zone. But some of their really good investigative, uh, investigative stories are good. Their player profiles are really good. Owner profiles are interesting. Uh, and this certainly will be a must-watch event tomorrow night. My guess, again, is Tony's been way out there and leading the cause of this was fair. We understand it. He obviously believes it's going to help his clients out a lot tomorrow. But here's the thing, Ross. You can win the court of public opinion all you want to. We are the ones that aren't deciding this. It's the Goodell and the NFL office, and it's going to be whatever a judge happens to decide when they ultimately come to make a decision on this. Mm -hmm. And frankly, to me, I feel like I've gone both ways on this. And that's really probably the honest thing to do is 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 not to absolutely completely believe everything that either side is saying, because we're we haven't been we've only been given the terminology and the evidence that the attorneys want us to see and hear. Correct. That's, that's true. But also, I mean, you can also use your own uh, logic. Like from, my own from, logic tells me at, at face value, twenty two <laughs> women said something. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. At its most basic level. Because like I said, we talked when we talked about this the last week, it'd be very hard for any group of human beings, 22 people, to stay consistent with a story all the way through. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> 18 masseuse is saying he's just A-OK. So he saw 40 in the case in the span of whatever it was, like a year year and change or nine months. I can't remember exactly the Which time. That, as I said before, if you see 40 masseuses in one calendar week... <laughs> You're guilty of being a freak. For one year, yeah. You're a freak. But you are allowed to be a freak in society. Mm, to an extent. That's what I'm saying. As long as nothing criminally happened, or you put women in a position they were uncomfortable with, or you forced yourself on them, being a freak... You're not allowed to do that, right? That's right. So that's why tomorrow should be a very interesting day. 713-212-5790. Your Astros are playing excellent baseball. Deshaun... Probably gonna maybe is he an HBO Max guy or does he want to watch it as it drops at original air date? Do you think he's got like Direct TV, Sunday Ticket and stuff, or Deshaun? And it, well, he's got a new place in Cleveland, I imagine, or somewhere in the area. Oh yeah, he's got a, he's got HBO Max on his phone too. Or is he like uh, he's on the Roku or the Fire Stick? Fire Stick it runs a little hot and cold, depending on how your internet is. Can happen. Especially the illegal fire stick. <laughs> when it's good, it's amazing. I know not of what you speak, man. Good, you shouldn't. I, don't, I wouldn't. I would not endure. I would not recommend you having one of those things that shows you every single channel, Ross. And I mean every one of them. 
multiple editions of one channel in particular. 713-212-5790 with a word here for the Shell Federal Credit Union. Auto loan rates are available for you at 1.99%. That's 1.99%. If you're looking to finance a brand new vehicle, if you're looking to refinance a vehicle that you currently own, or you want to finance a pre-owned vehicle, skip a pays a year. Two of them are available to you. Deferred payments, $250 in cash back, and excellent customer service. That's what I get because, yes, I'm a member of the Shell Federal Credit Union, and you should be too. In fact, three people this year that get a loan from the Shell Federal Credit Union, whether it's a refinance, whether it's an auto loan, whether it's a mortgage, whether it's a personal loan, three people are going to be drawn out of a hat. They're going to win $10,000. Could be you. All you got to do is get yourself a great low rate at 1.99% from the Shell Federal Credit Union. Go online to shellfcu.org to start the process today. That's shellfcu.org and experience Shell FCU with auto rates at 1.99%. This will soon be a category that I will care about, but for the foreseeable future, we're just going to get right to it. The win totals are out for college football this year among Power 5 schools. Jacob, according to Vegas, over under on LSU victories this year? I would say eight and a half. Six and a half. Wow. That's incredible. You going to go bet the over on that? I would bet the over on it, yes. (laughs) Uh, Louisiana books are going to have a lot of liability on that number. <laughs> Texas Longhorns, Ross, over under? Uh, I'll stick with six and a half. Eight and a half. Oh, so my God. UT has two more wins, according well, to Well, it's the an books. easier schedule, I imagine, than yeah. the SEC West schedule. That's true. <laughs> Boys, Texas A&M over under and wins. Ooh. Eight, eight. I'll say eight and a half. Eight and a half is exactly right. Uh, USC with new coach Lincoln Riley over under. Ooh, I don't. Want, what's their non-con looking like? I'll just go seven and a half. Nine and a half. Woof! Really? By the way, they, congratulations for them paying out all that money to get uh, that new that new uh, Jordan uh, Addison, yeah. allegedly, allegedly, no, allegedly to it. Please. <laughs> oh, better watch out, Matt. Jimbo's going to come after you. That's or funny. Lincoln Riley's going to come after you. Alabama Crimson Tide over under. Uh, ten? Ten, ten and a half? Ten and a half. Baylor. No idea. Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half is exactly right. Uh, let's see. Anybody else of interest? Who you guys want to guess on? U of H? Not on the list. Oh, why not? They're not in the Power Five. Oh, yet, that's right. But next uh, year they will be. Okay. Stop. Just uh, asking. Just asking what a question. About, what about, what about the, the uh, defending yeah. champions, Georgia? Georgia. Oh, uh, 11, ten and a half? Hold on, I'm going to look up first. I would say 10. By the way, this computer I have is a terrible... I can't get my arrow ever work properly. All right, here we go. It's not the greatest radio in the world, but here we go. Georgia over under on number of wins is... I'll say it's the same as Bama's, 10 and a half. 10 and a half. Uh, USC schedule, would you say it was 9 and a half? Yes. Their non-conference is Rice. Win. Fresno State. Win. And Notre Dame. Where's the game? Uh, it's in the Coliseum. Do they even travel on the road at all this year? In non-conference? No. In non-conference, they do not. 
Ohio State's ten and a half too. Oklahoma, by the way, eight and a half. Hmm. Same as Texas. Uh, yes. Oak State, eight and a half. Well, no, no one's going to lose this year. You notice that? Either that or you're, or these schools are never going to lose a non-conference well, game. Kansas is in, yeah, they do have a pretty soft non-conference, I imagine, most teams. Not everybody's taking on Alabama and UTSA and UL Monroe. Who'll be doing that? I forget. It's a tough slate, Maddie. Houston's got a tough slate. Do they? Yeah. We start off a grambling. Let me guess. Grambling. No, the Nickel State. Stop. Wrong. Followed wrong, by wrong, SFA. Wrong. And Texas State. Open up at UTSA. One of the huge surprises last year in college football. Okay. Well, when they scheduled that, they were looking for a cupcake. Then we go to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. Okay. That's Home a good one. for, I think, Kansas. <laughs> well, Kansas is tougher than you think, Matt. Watch Clearly out. it is. Kansas can be tougher than Especially, you think. <laughs> and Kansas is really tough on the road, apparently. So says one Big 12 school. Look at Rice, too. Oh, gosh. Watch out for them on those two-point conversions. I can't remember that game like it was yesterday because no, why? the Kansas players were running around the field. They they didn't know what to do. They don't know what it's like to celebrate yeah. on the road. You know what? Good for them. It was their Super Bowl and they won. I'm happy for them. When was the last time that Kansas won a road game in Big 12? Ever? It had been years. Oof. Yeah. We don't have to talk about that, Matt. Yeah, maybe we should talk about Texas going 5-7 and seven and getting the number 5 recruiting class. How'd that happen, by the way? You know, I don't think there's been any NIL deals or anything like that, Matt. You know, Texas boosters don't spend money all right, speak, at all. And serious about NILs, because you, you, you have poo-pooed it more than I have. I'm openly calling it money laundering. That's fine. And I'm not going to change my tune Okay. This. So get the sports RV crystal ball out right Wonderful. now. Wonderful. Five years from now, describe the state of the NIL game. Two things are going to happen. The money is going to go way down, and the imbalance in college football is going to be more pronounced than it is right now between the haves and have-nots. Will we see the group of 32? I don't think they're going to con- uh, right now it's almost like it's like a shadow conference in a way. They're not collectively agreed to be in the same conference, but the USC's, the Texas's, the OU's, the Bama's, the A&M's, and the Ohio States, it's almost like they're in their own super conference by themselves with this money. It's just not formal. And that's the fact that Alabama will never have to worry about South Carolina upending them in a surprising mm-hmm. season. That at the end of the day, Alabama has its rightful spot in the college football playoff, and that their biggest concerns are who the other SEC team is going to be, and whether it's Ohio State or Michigan or USC, they're playing in the first round of the championship, right? That we'll play what we're doing, normally doing, but we're going to even think less of the teams. We're not going to respect, we may say it publicly, but privately, we're not going to respect Ole Miss and Mississippi State as much because we're going to take a, we're going to separate ourselves even more than we already are in the recruiting war. Well, they got some money too, just maybe not as much to the, to the level of, of Alabama. And that would be, I mean, Ole Miss got the honeys too. Don't forget about the honey factor. <laughs> the honey factor factors in for these recruits, Matt. They, I would think so at Ole Miss. I mean, whoever's got the strongest welcoming committee is already got I've a foot never in the door. seen a kid. <laughs> Leave Oxford with not a big smile on his face. <laughs> Sweating bullets, too. And down five pounds, ironically enough. What? I don't know. I'm just saying old Mexican party. Huh. So I've heard. Uh, in five years, my crystal ball tells me there will be some sort of regulation. There will be. We are at zero regulation right now. Somebody's going to come to the plate and is going to say, you have to limit the amount of money you can give 
or as we talked about last week, maybe if you give up, if you if you make a certain amount of NIL compensation, you got to give up your scholarship. Some the, where we are today can't be where we are in five years, or college athletics will be even more corrupt than it is right now. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I do have. I mean, that idea about the losing their scholarship, but I wonder if that's just going to be more of a, a drop in the bucket for some of these players. Like we said, I, I've pulled up the article from the Athletic saying that they're they have an athlete in the 2023 class. They're not saying who it is, but signed an agreement with the school's NIL collective that could pay him more than eight million dollars by the end of his junior year of college. 350k immediately followed by monthly payouts escalating to more than two million per year once this athlete begins his college career. And by the way, when do when are the when are these these alums going to renege on their offers? I don't know. What, what do, if do, this you sign, do you recruit? sign contracts? What if this five star recruit goes to there and he's a bust and you've wasted eight million dollars? That's why I think the money's going to go down. Okay, so what is what is the rule? We stop paying if you don't play. I don't know what the what the signing of a nil deal would entail. We're gonna have to find somebody. You know what? I will. We need to find when, whenever Indy's son, yes. who is a high level recruit, yeah. agrees to his college and everything's above the board and up and up. I would have a lot of questions just about the ins and outs of some of this stuff. And I, you know, let me tell you something. Indy is a smart dad, is a good dad. Yes. But if NIL, if, if Indy's son gets NIL money, then he, it's, he's well within his right to get it. I'm curious what the range, and again, he doesn't understand to tell us, but there's gonna be a range and there's gonna be, a, there's gonna be a way to do it. If 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 I'm the kid, if I'm the student, and Ross, you're the alum, do you say, "Look, we want you to put, we're going to put your face on our pizza boxes. Mm-hmm. Here's a check for ten thousand dollars." What if I separate my shoulder and I'm gone for the entire season? Do I not have to pay you? Is there is there a clause for injury and lack of playing? Maybe. Let's say that I go to this school, your school, Ross, and I'm terrible. Right, and or, I don't step on the field. And you, or you hit the train. Who's the Oklahoma quarterback that was getting all the run? Uh, Spencer uh, Rattler. Yeah. What if you nil Spencer Ratley right and then you transfer transferred? I don't know. That's why I think this money is going to go down because people are going to get burned on these deals. I'm not so concerned about down. I'm concerned about the brushback if somebody signs a deal and Spencer says, "Wait a minute, we signed this deal." Yeah, well, then I, th- I can't oh. guarantee. I can't guarantee how much I play. Right. Well, then I'm sure there's language in the deals. There, there may. I don't know if there's language about playing time, but probably language about transferring or or something like that. Now, I would I would imagine it's illegal to have any sort of language about on field performance. Seven one three two one two five seven ninety seven one three two one two five seven ninety. If anybody is listening to us right now that has been involved in an nil nil deal. Meaning, here's what we were offered. You don't say who you are, your kid, or how much it was. That's y'all's business. But I'm just very curious about what kind of layers of protection there is against playing time, academics, where if a kid flunks out, or a kid wants to transfer. As Kelvin Sampson said two weeks ago, you had the portal and you had the NIL. It's free agency in college athletics Mm -hmm. every single year. And I think it adds a layer of frustration. And I think it adds another layer of bending or flat out breaking the rules. 128 Sports Talk 790, 713 212 5790. If you want to jump in, 713 212 5790. If you're on Twitter, it's at SportsMT, at SportsRV, at JBEC 790. Ross, what is Believe It or Not today coming up at 250? Uh, anybody die over the weekend? Famous, I mean? Well, I watched uh, Top Gun yesterday and Goose died. Matt? What? 
Spoilers. Spoilers. No, Come on, man. No, no, no. no, no. What? 36 Goose years. Did what? Oh, no. No, no, no. Goose. By the way, Meg Ryan was hardly in the movie, too. Well, was she in the movie? Yeah, she okay. was Goose's wife. Okay, good for her. Not really good for her. She's dead. The Goose is dead. Oh, well, then maybe trauma for her. Is she in, in the, the movie? New, is she in the new movie, too? Is Meg, does she make an appearance? I don't know. Val Kimmer makes a small appearance, apparently. Yeah, I heard he's looking a little rough. Well, I'll give you a story behind that. Okay. I didn't know there was a reason for it. Oh, has and he that, had some medical issues? He has, and then I got completely annihilated on Twitter because I didn't know that. Oh, so he's, I, he's completely lost his his voice, like his vocal cords are yeah. really messed up. He had, he had throat surgery. It's actually an incredible story. Oh, okay. He gets to speak through a box that recreates his voice that he had when his voice was okay. Oh, he had throat cancer. Yeah. But apparently was a real a-hole to work with over the years. Huh. I went and looked at his Wikipedia yesterday. Numerous, numerous actors said he was impossible to work with. Interesting. I'm like an Iceman. Come on now. <laughs> but apparently Tom Cruise insisted that Iceman have a yes. role in the movie. Well, and what Tom Cruise says, especially in a Top Gun reboot or, re- or latent sequel, whatever you want to call it, goes. 713-212-5790 if you want to join us we have a Chandler Rome joining us at uh, three o'clock, 2 o'clock today at 3 o'clock a, Eastern uh, 1 Mountain <laughs> noon Pacific so I ain't going any further than this or am I good? Hey, What's the Hawaiian time? No, I don't want to tell you that at all. I want to welcome a brand new member to the Sports Talk 790 family and that is the folks at OfferPad O-F-F-E-R-P-A-D this is basically modern home buying. If you would like to sell your home to OfferPad via their cash offer, it's going to change your world. First and foremost, there'll be no showings. Secondly, you get to pick your closing day. There'll be no cleaning or yard work necessary. You'll be able to skip costly repairs and time getting your home ready to list. You'll be able to get a free move to your new home within 50 miles. And you'll be able to sell without upending your lifestyle, spending less time real estating and more time living. So save your sanity and get with the folks at OfferPad. Go to OfferPad.com, provide basic information about your home, and OfferPad's going to send you an all-cash purchase offer within 24 hours. Do you hear me? Not days, not weeks, 24 hours. OfferPad.com, O-F-F-E-R-P-A-D.com. Make it simple. Get the cash for your home that you want. Do it today with OfferPad.com. Thirty-five Sports Talk 790. All right. I'm going to let you guys editorialize this before we get to the, the meat of it. Uh, our general thoughts of Peter King are what? Jacob, you love him, like him, indifferent, old crotchety guy. Bigger. I, re- I remember reading his articles in Sports Illustrated, and I thought they were decent. He was rude to Michael Connor once, so I still don't like him since then. Yeah, see, when I Michael can't was shake intern that. Michael. Yeah, I can't shake his rudeness. <laughs> And I should, because we're all rude at some point. Oh, yeah. I wish I was pleasant 24-7. Oof, seems, I do, too. He seems like a little curmudgeon if you will. Yeah, he's a curmudgeon Mm-hmm. But he's obviously very vested in the NFL. He's covered it forever and ever and ever. Yes. But I also think when he thinks in, we're supposed to bow down to him when he walks in a room. Maybe. I get that feel for A little him. holier than thou. A little bit. 
And his Monday morning quarterback, while chock full of information, it's like 40 pages long. It's lengthy. If you printed yeah. it off off the internet, you would you'd, you have to go get a tree. That's like a thesis is what you're saying? It's, it's a little long, a little <laughs> lengthy. So he did his first of his 1 to 32 teams, Rossi. Uh-oh. Power rankings? Power rankings. Power you know how rankings. we feel about power rankings. We love we power rankings. We despise power oh. rankings. Uh, what? Right. Okay. We only believe in the Rotten Five. That's the only power That's rankings true. that anybody ever cares about. Uh, the only good one. Uh, the Rotten Five. I forgot about that. We love the Rotten Five. Who it's doesn't? A, it's a tradition. Like no other. The Masters and the Rotten Five. Yeah, I agree. So somebody had to be 32. Well, who is one? We'll save that for later. Okay, good. I'd rather get to who is number 32. Oh, no. That means I think I know who it might be. Well, you're absolutely right if oh, you think you, you know think, it is. Who do you think it is, Ross? Jaguars. No, no. sir. Uh, Giants. Keep going. Jets. Keep going. Uh, fine. It's the Houston Texans. Yes. And that's why <laughs> I told you all this. Jacob, you got my back on this. Two weeks ago, I said, bet your life on the under. You did say that. Uh, your life? Well, I mean, it's your life. No, let's not get crazy. Maybe, maybe your uh, mortgage on a vehicle. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, betting picks by Matt Thomas, not representative of iHeart Media and that's its subsidiaries. True. Yeah, just, we're just doing like, for entertainment. We want somebody to like lose their yeah, uh, yeah. Don't bet mortgage your payment. Yeah, just bet your uh, your money you spent on the vending machine. <laughs> okay. Is that a better number? Sure. As I said before, the biggest uh, misnomer is using the draft to say, oh, we can't be possibly any worse than we were last year. They hit on all their picks, Matt. They did. We so, think. Nick Casario did. As we sit here on May 23rd. Nick, by the way, will be on the show never. Never. Never going to be on the <laughs> I show. I was going to say, I was like, Matt, what happened? You no. got Nick? I would love to. Let me tell you, Houston Texans people, and, and their PR department's wonderful. Yes. If you would like to have Nick Casero on the show, we will have a very fun, interesting, lighthearted conversation with the general manager of the Houston Texans, who I think Can't wait. had a really good draft. But I don't say that ever happened. We can hear him talk about the program and say all right a bunch of times. I mean, I would try to get a little more specific. I, the generalities have he's got knocked down. I want I want the general stuff. I mean, okay. I, want the, I want the more specific stuff. Specifics, nuanced conversation. By the way, OTAs begin tomorrow. Okay, wonderful. And, and you'll be out there covering it for us. We appreciate. I know I'm very, very busy. No, I think you can go. I'm out of sunscreen. I don't want to go. That's fair, Ben. <laughs> I don't. I don't need you burned. <laughs> it's hot out there. I need one of those. Uh, I need one of those Brian T. Smith Panama hats. Don't. Da- hey, don't rip the Panama hat. I'm not. Ri- I just said I need one. How am I ripping it? Because you, you could have gone with another person's hat. You could have gone with a baseball cap. You could have yeah. gone with a Gordy LSU cap. No, you went with the you went with the Panama. Does Gordy hat. wear the Panama hats out there? I don't know what he wears. Okay. But he probably needs to wear more. So yeah, the Texans are number thirty-two on the list. Hmm. Because mm. if you are to assume they're, you're, you are, if you are to assume they're going to win more than four and a half games, which is what the Vegas line is, you would have to think that all the rookies would have immediate impact. And immediate impact can happen in two years. But this is going to be a growing year. Do you want me to read the paragraph from Peter do. King on this? Please do. At least the Texans know who they are. They're a bad team drafting for the long term. Even if corner is not a vital need in new coach Levy Smith's defense and Derek Singley Jr. is not the best Smith fit, he was the best player available for Nick Casario for Houston in the next six to eight years. Davis Mills gets this season to prove to Casario with first uh, four first-round picks in the next two drafts. He's the quarterback of the future. I'm not optimistic for Mills, who did have 102.4 passer rating in his last five starts as a rookie, but that's why they play the games. Peter King, not optimistic in Davis Mills. Don't let uh, don't let Texans Twitter figure this seems out. Like a, seems like a pretty fair assessment. Now, again, if da- guys, here's the thing. If Davis Mills is significantly better than he was last year. Do you know what a diamond in the rough that is for the Texans? 
that they've essentially solved their quarterback issues with a third-round pick. Very few teams, gentlemen, get to solve their quarterback situation with a third-round selection. That'd be huge. And it would allow them to spend money elsewhere. Because they're going to have a lot of cap space coming up in the next couple of years. And if they don't have to invest in a guaranteed contract for four years, if not five, for an NFL for a rookie, especially if it's the number one or number two pick, that's a win-win. But if Davis isn't the answer, then you have to go get a quarterback with your first pick. And you have to end this fallacy that Davis Mills, you know, is a first round quarterback but just didn't play enough games in college. Mm-hmm. To me, this year, gentlemen, it's about one thing and one thing only. If Derek Stingley Jr. sucks this year. He's just going to suck, but rookies suck. The pedigree is then for him to be one of the best cornerbacks when you draft third. For me this year, gentlemen, it is about what Davis Mills is. Because you've got two quarterbacks that are going to probably be top five selected in the 2024 draft. Is that fair to say? 23 draft, excuse me. Uh, well, Bryce Young and... Who's the... Uh, oh, gosh, I forget where he's got. There's, there's two names that have been brought up more than any other. Yeah, uh, but... but uh... The thing is, though, when we looked at mock drafts this time last year, it was Sam Howell and right. Sprinter Rattler. There could be a third, or there could be only one quarterback. I'm telling you, the only thing I'm paying... I shouldn't say the only uh, thing. Yeah, C.J. Shroud out of Ohio State. That's what's in uh, yeah. Okay. Will Leave, uh, Levis? Levi's? Out of Kentucky. has is number three in this mock draft I'm looking at for 2023. So in theory, could be three guys in the top ten. In theory. In theory. There's a lot of things to look at. Well, there, there's no, looks like there's no really solid running game yet. Could, offensive line could, could be getting better. The secondary is going to obviously get better. Uh, but to me, this is about where Davis Mills is as a, as a quarterback. That's the most important thing for 2022. I wouldn't even, if I was a Texan fan, worry about wins and losses. But if, because here's the thing, you can still have an awesome quarterback and lose 12 games to Sean Watson two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. But if we see, significant progress in Davis Mills, then then life's going to be really good for this organization. I think he's going to be somewhere in between. I don't think he's going to he, be a disaster. If he plays like he did this past year, they got to go get a new quarterback. He was a middling quarterback, but he improved, showed improvement as the season went along. But yeah, if, he, if he's just a mediocre guy, even then you go and, and try to find somebody. And I think that's what he's going to end up being. That's where I am right now on Davis Mills. I know some people on Texans Twitter have him as a top five quarterback by the end of the season and some stuff like that. Some people have his jersey retired, already retired, yeah, which is kind of silly. They've got him in the ring of honor, right. those types of things, but we'll see. And that's going to be a huge part of where they end up in terms of wins and losses as well. I'm not completely sold on him. I'm still more of an incomplete. Because every time that you think this the game is too fast for the kid, he played really well in the games that counted. The game against the Chargers, I mean, there were games back half of the year that they looked like a comp- you know, a, a, a proficient NFL quarterback. Competent to do his job. Right. A couple of the early games he had where he was thrown for 300 yards, a lot of it was swing passes that went for a long way and stuff like that. But there were a couple of times where you say, you know what, that's a big-time NFL throw. I thought him Flashes. And, him and Brandon Cooks were really well together. Mm-hmm. And if that can continue, that's great. But... That, to me, is the number one storyline for Texans 2022. Don't worry about the record. Is Davis Mills the guy? That should be it for me. And that's what they got to figure out. But to say that they're going to be the 32nd team out of 32, that doesn't come as a surprise. Wow. Because, Ross, here's my other phrase for 2022. Somebody's got to have the worst record. Why not us? Yeah. 
I don't think Dave. Look, I think Doug Peterson's an excellent football coach. I think he was unfairly scapegoated in Philadelphia. I think he's going to turn around Jacksonville. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville wins seven games this year. I think the team that's got the most pressure on them in the division is Tennessee with all the players they've lost. Plus, is the Matt Ryan to Indianapolis going to be the right move for them? The Texans have no pressure on them whatsoever. I think Jacksonville's got pressure on them to be better than they were last year, ridding themselves of everything that was the disaster that of Urban Meyer. You have a competent head football coach. You've got Trevor Lawrence in his second year. You've overspent on one phrase after the other. This is a freebie year for the Houston Texans. This is a freebie year because this is Nick Casario's first real building of a franchise. This is his draft. So this needs to be about getting better, not worrying about wins and losses. And that's why I love the four and a half number. It feels about right. And that's why you and I will have our own side bet. <sighs> we'll see. Well, you should. We'll see. I'll go, I can go to Lake Charles too and put the dumb money in if you need <laughs> there me to. There you go. 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. Top of the hour, we hear from Chandler Rome. He is on the Astros beat here on Sports Talk 790. Right now, a word for Texas Star Grill Shop. I'm getting my backyard fixed up. And uh, thinking seriously about getting a new grill. And if you've been seriously thinking about getting a new grill because you're doing a lot of outdoor barbecuing, whether it be ribs, chicken, turkey, burgers, fajitas, anything, briskets, and you don't know what kind of grill to get, think of Texas Star Grill Shop. Gas, pellet, charcoal, just drop by any one of their four locations and visit with the barbecue experts. They'll talk you through all the options. Go by and also think about designing a new outdoor kitchen to spruce up your home for the summertime. All the outdoor kitchen leaders like RCS, Blaze, DCS, Fire Magic, Twin Engines, and Alfresco are all sold at discount prices. And if you need something to put on the meat, those rubs give your meals the spice they deserve. That's also available. It is Mecca for those of you that love to barbecue. Four locations, two in Houston, one in Katy, one in Spring. They have the best grills at the best price. TexasStarGrillShop.com. If you're not bar- barbecuing this summer with Texas Star Grill Shop, then you ain't barbecuing right. That's TexasStarGrillShop.com. One forty-nine on the Matt Thomas Show. Channel Rome's going to join us in about ten minutes. A the new, Chandler Rome. A new Monday staple of the Matt Thomas Show. Wonderful. I like that. Does a nice job. He's he's so cranky. I love him so much. <laughs> I just do. He does a great job. Good writer, too. Yeah. You, Colorful you, language. Paints a picture. Are you a... Uh, I told this to Brian McTaggart one time. This is years ago. I said, you know, I can listen to a sports radio show and think this is a well-done show or it's not a well-done show. Mm-hmm. I can't tell, generally speaking, if someone's a great writer or not. Mm, that makes sense. No, because it's not. I've never, I, I've never done it before. I've never been a journalist. Mm-hmm. Or I've never yeah. followed beat stories. I'm not. Now I've read. We've all read columns. Yeah, you know, man, that's well, like, that makes you think, and that's interesting. But just to do a story, like there's one person I won't name names that would write stories about a, lo- a team, and it was very fifth grade reading level. <laughs> yeah, the blank did this to make it blank to blank. <laughs> then he did this to make it blank. I mean, it, but I was thinking. What? How does someone go? And that's a guy that does his job well. Well, it's not necessarily their uh, talent as opposed to how good they are at finding stories, like story ideas, different, different, interesting. The, the the it shouldn't be the writer that 
interest you. It should be the story that they write. I mean, there are definitely ways to word things in a way that is more interesting as opposed to, you know, other ways of, of writing. Mm-hmm. But but at, at the end of the day, what what's going to get people to read is the story. You have to tell that story properly, Matt. This is a, this is a journalism professor. Jacob Beck. And a paralegal on top of it. Oh, that's true. Man, so, man of many cats. He's so talented. <laughs> yes. No, in honesty, no, yeah. I, I think a good beat reporter, first of all, breaks stories, finds yes. out interesting things that an average person wouldn't want to, that doesn't mm-hmm. know about would want to know which, about. Which Chandler has done. And then give me, when I read a game recap of a particular game, not just saying, well, in the third, this person did this, and the fifth, it did this, and then a quote followed. I mean, there needs to be right. a, 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 a flow to it. Well, there's also a time and a place. If you're writing an article about just a game and what happened, yeah, you can just be nuts yeah. and bolts about it. But when you're writing a story, like Jacob is saying, about what's happening, or this yeah. guy fine-tuning that, or or uh, a scout story of finding a prospect, something like that. Yeah, I think Chandler Rome does a really good job and is, is a really good writer. So, he's coming up. And he gets salty with his audience, and I love that, too. Yes. We block the same kind of people, so it works out beautifully for mm, both of us. I'm a mute guy. Oh, I'm such a blocker. The block brigade is strong. Good for you, Matt. Makes you feel better. But some people get proud of you blocking them, and then they post a screenshot. Diamond. And so I'm like, I don't want to give them the satisfaction. I just mute them. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Because if I don't see them, they don't see me. It's fine. It's okay. Uh-oh. You got an email, Matt? What is that? What the hell is this? Why am I getting a Microsoft Word? We used to get the obligatory text tone from you. Yeah, this is somebody on Microsoft Office. Okay, you getting? Are you hopping on a Teams right now, Matt? Apparently. <laughs> oh, this is our company. He doesn't realize I'm on the air. That's okay. Somebody from the te- tech department. In All like right, Cincinnati or something. I don't know when you're on, Matt. Yes. 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. Oh, NBA from last night. So, Lucas scores 40, and nobody else does much after that, basically. Right. Well, and he got dunked on, too. And the, Majorly. Andy, you ready for this? An offensive foul call <laughs> was called on the play. Ridiculous. The, the officials went over to look at it. Secaucus looked at it, and they're like, ah, oh, we goofed up. Right. Now, wouldn't you... If you blow a call like that, how big of a penalty should that be? For the ref? For the ref. In what way? How would Meaning, you penalize them? By not working a lot of other games and going to the NBA Finals. Or do you? Or do you? Are, are you of the belief of mistakes happen? Because no official will ever be able to work a perfect game. No official will ever work a perfect game, and it it's super difficult. I mean, even sometimes when some of these things are challenged, we break down and watch them frame by frame 50 times, and we don't know what the call is. That's just how hard it, the sport is. The last nature night for of the me, sport. it took... One look. Yes. Sometimes it is very obvious. And a lot of times, I mean, these referees are ready to make the call before the play even happens. The, that's what really gets me about the NBA is when they anticipate fouls and anticipate calls. And then they don't happen and they still call them. Or the late, probably maybe even worse. What, what, what's worse to you when they anticipate a call or the late call? They wait for the shot to miss and then call a foul. Adam Clinton subscribes to that. Those and, are so and I, bad. And I've yeah. told Adam this many times before. I said, Adam, they... You're not supposed to blow the whistle depending on where the basket goes in or not. But he doesn't you're believe not. me. He doesn't believe me. And you don't sound like you don't either. What do you mean? I know you're not supposed to, but they do it. You don't think they do that? Uh, you're not supposed to. And I would say, generally speaking, they don't. I see it all the time. Where they'll wait for a, a basket to see if it goes in. And it's not, I don't even know that it's conscious. You're saying the basket going in bails them out. 
basket. You're right. Sometimes, let's just say the same play happens two times, and I get bumped to some, oh, not me, but whoever, get player X, Luka Doncic, gets bumped on a layup. If the layup goes in, no foul. If the layup misses, a lot of times they'll call a late foul. I think that happens, absolutely. <clears throat> I hope you're wrong. I thought my mic was off when I closed, cleared my throat, sorry. No, sorry. I hope you're wrong about that. I think sometimes some of the officials want to be as dramatic as the play itself. And if you saw the official wave his hands off, it was, to me, a situation that he wanted to be as big as the play was. And I'm not even saying it's conscious, like the referees are doing it on purpose. I think a lot of times it's in their mind, oh, it went out there, it'd be there, that was enough contact to constitute a foul, I'm calling a foul here. They're probably, not, in that split second, they're not even thinking about it. But think about the times you see a late, late foul call. A lot of times it's when the ball doesn't go in the hoop. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to refuse to believe that. <laughs> okay, well... I think it happens, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a hard job. I don't think the referees are crooked or ruining the, I mean, uh, intentionally ruining the games or any, ruining the games. It's just a very hard job. It is, it's, as I've said before, Ross, I don't know if it's humanly possible to even get close to 100%. It's not. It's just not. The speed of the game is too fast. The, I mean, their, their margins of what is and it isn't a foul. If you bump somebody this hard, it's not a foul. If you bump them 10% harder, it's a foul. It's right. just too much. And the thing it's about it is, gray area. you don't have a chance to really think about it because guess what? You don't call a foul. The ball doesn't go out of bounds. You are basically, right. the you game's have, going on. You have to make a snap decision. Yeah. Snap decisions. We get wrong as humans all the time. And that's why even baseball has a great layer of protection. You make the save out call. The play normally ends there. Mm-hmm. And then you have instant replay. That's true. And then everything slows down a little bit. 713-212-5790. Chandler Rome on the Astros to start the final hour of the show. Uh, what are we doing for Believe It or Not today? We so, still we still trying to figure it out? Uh, I floated a couple ideas to you. French Open Field or not. Maybe something about Jimbo. Let's see. What else is happening in we sports? We did Jimbo already, though, didn't we? Yeah, we did do Jimbo and Saban last week, I guess. Dang it. Uh, Preakness winner? By the way, Somebody I, won did, the Preakness, How did right? the Kentucky Derby not win uh, horse not compete? Did you see that? So they were tired. What? what do you mean? Retired. He's going out to stud? That's not resting. That's, work, that's working a lot. Well... It's not the worst life ever. Explain. This is your day. So they bring in a horse. Yes. He's like, get in here right now. Yes. Let's get after it. They get after it. Then he eats well and sleeps well. And that's his life. In my next life, oh, no, I'm putting, I want to come back as we're, a horse. We're not putting <laughs> We're not putting Mad Thomas out to stud. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a break. All right, 713-212-5790. It was just a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, but then we're also not living very long either, right? How long do average horses live? Can't they? They can live pretty long, right? Well, how long does the average horse live? Do we even know? Uh, 25 to 30 years. Oh, my God. Wins one race, gets every hooker horse in there. All right, are we going to get a break? Come on. Show. 
Sports Talk 790. A new Monday feature on the show. Second time around, he's visiting with the very talented beat writer for the Houston Chronicle. And a man that is anxiously awaiting the next time Lance McCullers throws off a non-flat ground. Chandler, how the hell are you? I just uh, drove on 59 and there was absolutely no traffic, so I'm doing fantastic. Where do you live? Tell people where you live. What? I mean, I'm not going to do that. Why not? Uh, You're very you popular. Reason. That's why I he live in upper, I, li- I live in the upper Kirby area. Ooh. So. He gets threatened on Twitter all the time, Matt. Why would you he know, tell people where he lives? Minute, wait a minute. Mom and Nifa don't know where you live, Chandler. You'll be fine. Don't worry about that. Uh, I have no comment. <laughs> As we pay you for. All right. So first and foremost, uh, Jose Arquiti uh, usually gets lots of run support to win games. Got a little bit yesterday, but more importantly, he was the difference maker in that game. Not so much the offense. No, yesterday was about him. And, you know, I had kind of written it the day before in the Chronicle that the changeup just wasn't you know, wasn't doing what it had been doing. And, you know, Jose Urquidy is always going to give up contact, right? He throws so many strikes, and he's so around the strike zone. But when his secondary stuff isn't working, when the changeup isn't getting swing and miss, when the slider or the cutter is not doing what he wants to do, the fastball can become hittable. And it had been for the first seven starts. But when you look yesterday, that was the best changeup he's had all year. Um, He got 20 swings and misses yesterday after getting 23 in his previous three starts combined. Um, which is very good news for the Astros. Now, again, you don't want to overreact to one start. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, he's magically fixed. Um, but there were some definitely good signs. If he's got that changeup going all season, I, I think it's certainly, a, it's certainly a breath of fresh air for the Astros because they need him. Because right now, being in the five-man rotation with, you know, Jake Buterizzi still out, I, I mean, there's no, there's no wiggle room. They need him to be good. They need Christian Javier to be good. And um, they certainly, Arquiti certainly went in the right direction yesterday. Uh, what did you take away from uh, the weekend of Alex Bregman? Two double plays on Thursday, down in the dumps, starting to make better contact. But even when a guy's in a slump, he's still able to find his way in the base pass a couple times thanks to a couple base on balls per game. Yeah, that's the thing with him. He, he's always he's got a great eye. He's not he's going to swing at strikes and not swing at balls. Uh, he's going to get on base. The walks are going to be there, but. He just, uh, as someone that's covered him for a while, just going back to his days at LSU, I mean, he just has not looked right the last few weeks. And I don't think it's a health thing. I just think his mechanics are just off. He's, he's taking good pitches. He's, you know, he seems in between. And, you know, he had told me in Boston that he was working on something with his wrists and, you know, how he wasn't staying inside the ball. And when he's not inside the ball, that's when he's hitting infield pop-ups and rollovers to the left side. Um, I do think this series you saw a lot more, you know, good contact. Some of it was just hard luck outs that he hit right to people. Um, but I think he's got to get his mechanics fixed. And, you know, he said that – he has said before that when his mechanics are bad, he, like – he kind of tenses up a little bit. He kind of freezes because he doesn't want to swing with having bad mechanics because he knows the – he knows the result's not going to be what he wants. So I think once he gets the wrists kind of figured out and the, hand, and the hand position and everything, once he gets his swing fixed – I think he'll be all right. There were some encouraging signs this week, but yeah, just not uh, certainly not looking you know like we're accustomed to seeing him look. But again, he's got a good lineup around him that's kind of masking things a little bit. And again, he's always going to get on base. He's always going to draw some walks. He'll he'll get some singles and some stuff here and there. But they need him to they need him to turn the corner a little bit. Is it surprising to you that they are playing as well as they are with the fact that maybe it's just the industry itself? But we're still looking at Gurriel and are performing. Alex underperformed. 
Tucker's starting to come around a little bit. They were able to uh, overcome the slow start for Altuve. This is a team that's batting average and slugging is moving up, but not to the level of what it was two or three years ago, yet they're still winning at a very high clips right now. Well, I think there's two things. You know, one, they're just pitching really well. I mean, they're they're pitching really, really well. And, and look, they have hit a they have hit a soft part of their schedule. I mean, they faced the Twins without Buxton or Correa or Arise or Larnich. The Nationals are awful. Uh, the Rangers are not. They're not performing. Their lineup's not performing well. I mean, they've hit an they've hit a soft, and they and they're doing what good teams do. They're beating bad teams. Um, but they're pitching really well, and I think that's carrying them. But I think the thing that's been interesting to me about their offense. You know, if you look at their OPS, their OPS plus, everything, it is all above league average. So they are an above average offense right now. But what they're not doing that those other teams, they're not scoring runs. Like they're scoring like 4.29 runs per game. But if you look at those above average lineups that they're grouped with, like the Yankees, the Dodgers, all of them, like they're scoring like 4.8, 4.9 runs per game. So I don't know if it's as simple as they've got to hit better with runners on base. I don't. I mean, I looked at their numbers with runners on base today, and they're below league average. You know, that is the kind of spot in the order. You know, you look at that fifth, sixth spot in the order. That's where Yuli Gurriel hits. Usually, those are the guys that are going to come up with guys on base, things like that. Maybe that's a correlation that he's underperforming and hitting in that spot. But um, I think it's like. I think it's good that they're winning despite that, that they're not scoring as many runs as, you know, they probably should be, and they're winning despite it. But, you know, I, I do think that they're going to have to come around a little bit because I, I, I think they have a really good pitching staff. I don't think this level of success is sustainable, though. Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle with us here on Sports Talk 790. And Chandler, uh, we end up taking a lot of calls and questions about, I mean, with Bregman and Guriel and others struggling about lineup construction. And I'm just curious to you, uh, to ask you about, I mean, are you okay with the way that Dusty makes out these lineups? And, and how sacrilegious would it be to just put two left-handers uh, in back-to-back in a lineup? Because the fact of the matter is, I mean, like three of the five best hitters for the Astros are lefties, and you want to get them more ABs, but you also want to break them up. Well, they have done that before. They have. I, I don't know how many times this season, but Dusty Baker has kind of broken that rule of like having lefties back-to-back. And it's not even just wanting to break them up. It's looking at the three-batter rule, right? So if a, if, they, if a team has a really good lefty in their bullpen, like, you don't want to stack Alvarez and Brantley together or Alvarez and Tucker together and make it a lot easier for that lefty to come in and just have a clean inning. Um, so I think that factors with Dusty a lot, a lot more than just, like, the spreading them out for whatever's sake. You know, um, line of construction, I mean, yeah, should Nico Goodrum have hit second when he was up here? No. I mean, should Aledmus Diaz, on days he plays, should he, like, automatically slot into the second spot? No, but... I don't think in the grand scheme of things it matters that much. Um, I think Dusty is a lot. Dusty really wants these guys to hit where they're comfortable. And, again, like, I, I, I don't know. I haven't asked everyone in that clubhouse, like, where are you most comfortable hitting? Um, you know, it hasn't really seemed to affect things much. You know, they, they have trotted out some just unconventional, weird batting order construction, but it doesn't seem to have affected much. But, yeah, I mean, in, a, in an ideal world, you would get your best hitters the most at bats in games, and some of these lineup construction goes against that. But I don't think it's been like a huge glaring problem that's led to them losing games. So you go to the ballpark every day, and you have to get maybe once, twice a week the obligatory Jake Odorizzi and uh, Lance McCullers updates without giving away any information because there really isn't anything fresh except for what we heard yesterday. What does your gut tell you about the process for both those guys and 
maybe just if you were a guessing man, what type of uh, timeline are each of them facing right now? I think Oda Rizzi's pretty close. I mean, he's out of the boot. He's throwing on flat ground. You know, I, I think he'll probably stay on the IL past the 15 days. Cause it's 15 days now for pitchers. It's not 10 anymore. So he'll probably he'll probably stay on the IL maybe longer than 15 days. He may go down to Sugarland to make a rehab start. But I mean, obviously, given the way that looked, I mean, this this, this is the best case scenario. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in the rotation at some point, second or third week in June, maybe. Uh, McCullers, it's a little more difficult. You know, I, I think what he did yesterday is certainly counts as throwing off of the mound. But you know, he wasn't on the rubber, and he's not going at 100 percent yet. And, I mean, I think we've kind of said this from the beginning with him. This is going to be a very slow process. I mean, this is not anything where he's ready to face hitters. I'm not sure how many even breaking balls he's thrown. That's going to be another thing. Like, when does he start throwing breaking balls and start throwing a slider and his curveball? Um, so, I I mean, again, I don't want to put a timeline on it because I don't think Lance has a specific timeline. But, I mean, I it, it doesn't look like it's anywhere in the near future. I, no. I mean, I... I'd say June would probably be unrealistic. But then again, that's just me speculating, just given where he's at right now. But who knows? I mean, guys are heal faster than some. But, you know, McCullers has made no bones about it, that he doesn't want to rush this, that he wants to take it slow. And uh, they're certainly doing that. Chandler, on a personal level, he's a, a good interview, says things, is always pretty accommodating to the media. Uh, when he's on the field, he's given this team a lot of success in a variety of roles over the last handful of years. But opinion here strictly on your side what's going through his mind do you think in terms of how can i avoid this you know i'm tired of having this becoming an issue and do i need to change the way i approach the sport or I need to change who i am what i'm expected to do what i'm throwing in terms of pitching how i relax how i work is bullpen a part of my future down the road what is going through lance mccullers mind right now if i was to have you be his amateur shrink at this point I mean, I wish I could get inside his head. I, I don't think I can. I mean, well, I, I don't think this injury, I mean, like, because let's remember how this happened, right? He came back, he pitched on regular rest in that ALDS game that he hurt himself in. And he even said that, I, I don't remember the specifics off the top of my head, but he was going to throw a curveball but decided at the last minute to throw a slider. And he changed his grip, like, way too late in his delivery, and it caused something to happen. So, I don't think this is like this was not like a wear and tear thing. I think this was just like a, a one pitch sort of situation that happened and, and that led to this. You know, I mean, I hate to put it this simply, but like pitchers get hurt. Like p- pitching is an unnatural motion. Like, I mean, guys like Justin Verlander are few and far between that go, you know, 18, 19 years about having a major injury and then something happens. You know, I, I don't think you can pitch scared, I don't think you can adjust to avoid getting hurt. I think all you can do is, you know, do what McCullers did the last time he had Tommy John surgery. He rehabbed the right way. He yeah. came back and, you know, he was really good. 2021, he was excellent until he got hurt in the ALDS. And I know it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating for him. It's frustrating for the organization. But, I mean, I don't know how much more to say other than, like, I mean, pitchers get hurt. And it's a tough part of baseball, but – um, he's been bitten a little bit more than others by the injury bug, but I don't think it's like changed the way he. Th- he's not going to stop throwing 96. He's not going to stop throwing breaking balls and curveballs and sliders. I mean, that's the essence of who he is, and that's what makes him so good. That's what got him the extension that he got. I mean, he's not going to stop doing. He's not going to stop being himself. Mm-hmm. I just think 
you just have to roll with the punches sometimes. All right, looking forward to uh, your first story ever about the Guardians tonight. I'm I'm looking forward to the Miles Straw reunion. I hope this tribute video is like five minutes long because he deserves it. And what he a nice man. And he will not be fighting with the outfielders like he did at Yankee Stadium, correct? I mean, I'd love to see him like scale the center field wall and go into the Budweiser bar and maybe like <laughs> yell at someone. That would be funny because I think Miles could. I think he could like he's he's wiry enough and he's shifty enough that I think he could get up at center field wall pretty easily. All right, Chandler Rome on the beat for the Chronicle here on Sports Talk. We'll do this again next Monday. Thank you, friend, as always. All right, thanks. We'll see you guys. Chandler Rome with us on 790. We'll talk to the phones and those of you waiting on list. Come on in and join us at 713-212-5790. Thanks again to Chandler Rome for joining us on the show. Yes, appreciate them. You know, it's a little weird because there isn't a lot to whole lot to bitch about with the local nine. I mean, if we're sitting here thinking about trying to guess when Lance McCullers is coming back and Jake Odorizzi, mm-hmm. that means that you know what? It's not like they were, the team is desperate for him. They're in first place. They've played about seven fifty baseball the better part of three weeks now. Who thought we'd all be clamoring for Jake Odorizzi to come back? Not no, <laughs> you know, I, we were Team Odo to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's we? We mean, mean you, you Jacob? No, no, Jacob didn't count. Uh, no, uh, I think he was. Well, no, Jake. Lo- Jacob loves Jake because anybody named Jake and Jacob, they're like that's they're, true. They're like, they're like brothers. They're like bros for life. Bros. How do you feel about somebody calling you bro that you don't know? Bro, I don't know, bro. You know me though, so that doesn't really count. I'm, okay, bro. That's it depends. I. What about bro or bruh or I broski? Des- I despise it. What about broski woski? Nobody does that. You despise getting called bro? For people that it's, do not know me. It's probably, it's, in a, you can use it in a condescending. If it's somebody you don't know, it's it's, it's condescending. I got sent a, Like, what are you doing, bro? I got a tweet yesterday that said, da 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 bro. And I was like, um, yeah, you're not my bro. Yeah, I think usually if you don't know somebody and you're calling them bro, it's it's, it's condescending. It's condescending. And I, I, I do not accept condescension. <laughs> you ooze condescension, I man. am Mr. Con- I am Mr. <laughs> Anti-condescension. <laughs> Says you. Says me. What am I kind of sending to you? Never. What about like, uh, what? Daily. Uh, Chief. What about Chief? No. Anything that revolves around. Big Dog? No. Well, Big Dog's actually pretty good. What you doing there, Big Dog? Could be condescending too. But Depends any, on the tone. Yeah, anybody that sends me anything with a word at the end, I don't know you, bro. That means I've got mm. something I want to tell you and you ain't nothing. So you know what? You're gone. Hmm. Huh. One time I was at a bar in in San Francisco and it was closing. I think it was called, I don't remember what it was called. But anyways, it was like a very bro bar. So me and my friend were making fun of that. And we started Mm -hmm. saying bro, 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 bro. And then we started chanting bro. And the whole entire bar started chanting bro. You started at something. The entire bar. It was one of the greatest achievements of my life. God, your life hasn't meant that much, (laughs) has it? We were all just going bro, bro, bro. It was a huge, it was a huge 2 a.m. chant. And then they played Tiny Dancer to close the bar off. Uh, that was one of my favorite all-time fantasy fives. Songs to close the bar down. Oh, yeah. we did. Uh, I don't even know who won that you one. You won that one. I don't recall. With Tiny Dancer, I think, was the number one. Was hmm. the number one the I think pick. Piano Man. It's got to be one, right? Didn't we take Piano but Man one? I won? think you won because people loved your Tiny Dancer. Uh, I think I had Tiny Dancer, maybe Don't Stop Believing or something like that. Those are the classics. Sweet Caroline. 
It's a good list. We should dig that one back up. That you know, good. we should dig into the archives of Fantasy Fives and then comment on our Fantasy Fives and get upset when one of us loses. Because sometimes you say to yourself, I've got no chance. And other times you're like, this is mm. a foregone no, conclusion. No, every time I'm pretty confident the that worst, I should win. The worst Fantasy Five ever lost was with Joseph taking over. <laughs> and he picked Octopus's Garden. It's one of the greatest Beatles songs Octopus's ever. Octopus's Garden. And he lost. And you, I mean, he, you lost. Yeah. That it was, was funny. It wasn't funny at all. Oh, well, I don't think, did I have a vote? I voted. I thought your list was superior. I don't, yeah, be, were, I don't believe I had a vote. were not you? No, I was there. God, it was I so didn't want to pick Beatles songs because I would have just trashed them all. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you and my son. Great band. Biscuit on 790. That's it. I'm expecting Biscuit. What the hell's going on back like there? He's, he's doing something very important. <laughs> are, are we interrupting <laughs> your work, Biscuit? <laughs> I'm getting uh, I'm getting accosted by uh, a customer here. He, he almost called me bro. <laughs> Jeez, that's when things are escalating. If he calls you bro, yeah. Let me ask you this. So now, I, bro, that's, that's I guess that's more of a how you say it, more of a Caucasian word. Am I, am I saying? <laughs> what about my brother? Is that, is that no, 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 no. My brother, no, 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 no. My, if you say biscuit, you'll say, I'll say you're on 790. You go, how you doing, Matt, my brother? That is a term of endearment. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. But somebody going okay. on Twitter and t- trying to correct me or tell me that my text, my uh, tweet is not good and ending with bro does, it pisses me off and you get the automatic block. It just is okay, what it I is. I my brother. Thank you. Okay. See, see how good that makes that makes me feel good. That warms the cockles yeah. of my heart, Biscuit. What you got today, <laughs> man? I, the referee and and we all know that the referees and in the NBA, particularly in college basketball too, and and all basketball for that matter, influence their sports more than any other of the other sports. And I'm telling you, man, I my thing is I think we need to have these referees start answering some questions. Just like the players and the coaches have to go to a press conference, what's wrong with the referees showing them, hey, man, what was behind that call, uh, you know, in the third quarter when the dude was five feet out of bounds and, you you know, what was you what were you looking at? You know, that was your call, you know. Because I think, uh, and to what your response to earlier was, why they're late calls is because it's somebody else's call and he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the other guy, that, oh mm-hmm. man, I just got him. I can't just let that go. Yeah, they have what they call, you know? they have zones. Each of the officials have zones. And right. you're, not, you're not supposed to make a call outside of your zone. But maybe when there's something right. that is seen and you're in a uh, other zone and you just said, look, I have to call it, that's when I think t- problems occur. That's right. why they want those guys to that's- stay in their zone as much as they can. But the problem is, Matt, is that if you, you know, been in, when I've been coaching team board and it happens in the NBA, it's always one ref that seems to be making all the calls. And if you happen to be, say your team happened to be, he's at the bottom, you're going to send other teams to the free throw line way more than the other team because the other guy, he's not making all those calls. And so that's what's so, you know, discrepancy with the NBA and, mm-hmm. and basketball in general is, because it's all subject, you know, uh, you know, subjective. It's a, a matter of opinion on a lot of the plays. And so one guy may like a more physical game. Another guy want to be more technical and call every little, you know. So and if you happen to get that guy <laughs> underneath your bucket, right? You're, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. And you're, you're they going to the free throw line, and you can't buy a free throw, you know. So 
I mean, I don't know how the NBA. I know Cuba in one year was charting them and everything, and they, you know, they got him, made him stop doing it. Whatever. I don't know how they rectify it because it makes no sense. We seen the the Celtics and the Heat the other night was tackle football, and then we go to the other, and it's not as much. So how do you have that within the same league? I, I don't know how the NBA is going to rectify it, but they, to me, that's the issue. And and with Donahue coming out like he did. It's always going to be people in the back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's somebody had some money on it. Well, there was a lot of time, and thank you, Biscuit, for the phone call, my friend. It's always good to hear your voice, my brother. Uh, that uh, that David Stern wanted games to extend series, that he would tell the officials, hey, let some things go or don't let some things go, depending on how a series was going. Because a set, an additional game on television meant more revenue for the network and for the arena and for the television network. It would make sense that they used Tim Donaghy as the as the outlier or as just just to make him the scapegoat for all of it whereas do we really think that he was the only referee doing that I mean guys some officials and I've talked to a few of them I haven't talked I don't have a lot of relationships with many of them but just a couple I look at those guys and I don't know them personally but I believe that they they're putting that uniform on is the most important thing in their life and that they are a gatekeeper for the honesty of the game. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I, I would think if I was given that responsibility, that I have to officiate a game that is as important as an NBA game, that I have to have as few screws loose, or I have something wrong with me, that I would try to throw a game. I think they take that shield of being in charge of a game very important. I don't think it was widespread. Am I thinking it was just Donahue and Donahue alone? No. But I don't believe that I, – I, I choose not to believe that David Stern would call up a ser- some, some officials and say, hey, let a few things go or let call it tighter than normal. The only thing, the reason why I would say a game would be called tighter than normal is because the, there's a history between the players on those particular teams. And that they know that DeMarcus Cousins likes to argue with officials. They like to know that – certain players are more physical than others. They know that some guys like to take cheap shots or some guys are more like Draymond Green is playing. They're not, they're certainly human beings. And Draymond Green is not going to get the benefit of the doubt that another player that doesn't have a history of, of technical fouls and of flagrant fouls is going to have. That's, that's a human factor. But do I believe that they take phone calls and get texts and saying, hey, let this slide tonight or you wouldn't let it slide two or three months ago? I choose not to believe that. I don't believe I'm being naive. I just really believe that once you get the honor of becoming an official in the most important basketball game in the world, that those guys take it seriously. They want to be able to keep it that way. And I think if they start compromising how they call a game, it's going to ultimately affect them. Now, as I say that, a lot of the guys that you think are some of the worst officials in the sport maintain NBA Finals appearances every single year. It's like once you get in the fraternity... You can't get out unless you are just so bad or you can't run anymore. Look at Angel Hernandez in baseball. Wiley considered one of the five worst, maybe the worst umpire in baseball, Ross. He gets to umpire every single year. He's a crew chief now. And my guess is he may never work a World Series again, but he's going to work playoff games. They rotate him around. They just do. Uh, I thought he wasn't getting a ton of playoff assignments. He's getting some. I have to look. I'm not sure. He's getting them. He's a crew chief. I can't imagine a crew chief in baseball not getting at least one playoff assignment. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense. 
Why would you give somebody the honor of being in charge of one of the crews and then not having him work in October? It is uh, 2.32 on Sports Talk 790-713-212-5790. Believe it or not, coming up in 18 minutes from now, your phone calls are certainly welcome next. Astros getting ready for a series with the hated Cleveland Guardians. That's coming up here at 7 o'clock tonight right here on Sports Talk 790. Let's say hi to Big City Wings for a quick. Big City Wings, five pounds of crawfish for $25 today at any of the 10 Big City Wing locations. Plus, chicken tenders, a dollar a piece, minimum of five. You get those with a side order of tater tots or onion rings or waffle fries, and you're going to be set. Delicious specials every single day. Happy hour, 3 o'clock until 6. And today, five pounds of crawfish for $25 plus the $1 chicken tenders. Big on TVs, big on sports. Houston's Wing Joint, it's Big City Wings. I've been very proud to speak for them for many years, and we go all the time. Kingwood, Marquis, kind of our favorite spots. Fall Creek is relatively new as well. Richmond Lakes, you're going to be getting a location here later on in 2022. Big on wings, big on sports, big on specials, and big on crawfish. It's Big City Wings. Here we go! Coach Bum Phillips said, you fail all the time, but you aren't a failure until you start blaming someone else. Or now, pitch for the A's. Hey, this is Mike Fires. Sometimes. I'm getting fired up for more Houston Sports Talk. Back to Matt Thomas on Sports Talk 790. Astros baseball lives here. I thought we were getting rid of the rat. I don't want rat promos on my show. He's, he's, a char- he's legendary. No, he's not. We hate him. Exactly. I don't want any association with the rat on this show. Period. Now he's in Mexican League. Freaking lots of cervezas. Wishing he was on a major league roster. Rossi, if he would have made the roster the following year, would he have ratted out his team? I say hell no, he wouldn't have. Probably not. But he didn't say anything that wasn't true, Matt. Doesn't matter. Still a rat. It matters a little bit. Not me. Okay. I he was. The, I believe the correct term would be whistleblower. <laughs> I think the correct term is bitch. <laughs> wow. Fight me, Astro fan. You're not. They're like, Matt, preach. You're right. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course they are. They love you, Matt. They do. All he did was tell the truth. I don't hate him like some other people do. Oh, and he could have just shut his bum ass up. Literally. Well, he should have. It caused a lot of unnecessary flack oh. for the Astros. Well, would you, and also, would you have liked him to not say anything and then the cheating to continue for years and years and then the Astros would have I don't to think it would have gone on for years more. and years and years. Yeah, I mean, I think it was done by the time he was gone, but yeah. he was the whistleblower. Yeah. He was the one that broke code, as they say. He broke bro code, bro. I don't, don't trust anybody that says bro at the end of any of his statements. All right, bro. See? That's why you don't trust sports, RV. I, I, I would unfollow him as soon as humanly possible. <laughs> that's rude. Well, so man, you look like a snitch. That's right. <laughs> you look at that's my that's one of my favorite drops. We can't play that enough on the show. We just so you look like a snitch. Let's go to Corey in Pearland on the Matt Thomas show. Corey, thanks for holding. What's going on, Matt Thomas? You magnificent bastard! How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. What's going on with you? Well, listen, this last caller you got got me fired up. <clears throat> Let's put our logic hats on. You got a logic hat with you, Matt? Not really, but go ahead anyway. Okay. So, you agree that the NBA is a multi-billion dollar corporation, yes? Correct. And NBA players are generally recognized as the best basketball players in the world, yes? Yes. 
So logically, wouldn't wouldn't it make sense that the best referees in the world are employed by the NBA? That would be accurate. So these these are the best referees in the world. Yes. And guys like Biscuit, who I guarantee he's never refereed a basketball game in his life, has no concept of the difficulty of refereeing a basketball game. It is by far the, the most difficult sport to officiate and not even close. I would suggest that these referees make 99.9% of calls accurately. The random, the routine calls, the everyday calls, the fouls, travel, so on and so forth. And nobody says boo. But when their team, they have perceived something that's a, there's nobody worse than blame the ref guy. Can't stand blame the ref guy. It's it's a very difficult game to officiate. You can really call something every trip up and down the court. But if you do that, people are going to bitch about that too. So here's what I'd like to leave the day with. One, you're a magnificent bastard. Thank you. Thank you. Two, you need to go get a logic hat. And three, don't be blame the ref guy. It makes you sound like an unintelligent bozo. Have a good day, Matt. See you later, Corey. Not a fan of biscuits. Maybe Corey and Biscuit can play in a twelve-round competition. Mm. I'll be the referee for that. But if you do, sounds like Corey must have uh, refereed some here and there. Yeah. Uh, first of all, they're not. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm not a referee basher. If any of you listen to my Rockets broadcast uh, over the last six years, I very rarely ever discuss their officials. My some of my counterparts in the NBA. <laughs> Ross, there's one team, and I won't mention who it is. Hmm. I can go. I might be able to go two minutes without hearing them bitch about the officials. Well, and, and that's that's also for you. It's only NBA. If you were talking about U of H football or, or basketball, that's a different story. The no, I, the you referees know are always an issue. Yeah, that's because that's part of the bit. But that's okay. Thanks for giving that bad officiating. There, bad man. officiating. Bad officiating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the only thing preventing them from going thirteen and zero every year. I don't disagree with you on that for <laughs> sure. Uh, but to to the point, I would not agree with Corey's point that 99% of the calls are right. They like to be 99% right. I think, frankly, if they get 80 right, it's probably a pretty good day. I, well, I, I mean, I'm curious the actual percentage, but yeah, it's I would guess 80 to 90. I think if, you if you're had, getting like 55% of the calls right, you're not going to be a referee for very making, long. If you're making 100 <laughs> calls a game okay, and you get 88 of them right... See, I think it maybe it is closer to like 90%. I don't maybe not. I don't know. Because there's so many 50-50 calls, too. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Block and charge, you can argue almost every call. Mm-hmm. And let's say there's four of those per game. Yeah. And then you have reach-ins. You have who right. touched the ball last. Three seconds Three often second, don't get called. Yeah. I mean, again. I Three think, seconds are getting missed constantly. I think 88% would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe you're right. Travels, it's a tough I mean, there, there, was, oh. there was a blatant travel in the uh, Celtics game I was watching a few days ago. And they didn't Remember that one? How about, continu- you- how about continuation, boys? How about oh, that? continuation is missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, travels. There was one where, remember earlier in the playoffs, it was like Giannis like, stopped, turned around, took three more steps, and then put up a layup. And they were like, anybody going to call anything LeBron here? Literally, <laughs> LeBron literally made a commercial with Hummer because they had some feature called the crab walk. Yeah. Like the crab dri- he was known it. for the crab dribble. Dribble. Uh, but I will not be a blame official guy either. Mm. But sometimes it does hurt when you don't get a call right. And the slam dunk that um, 
Andrew Wiggins had yesterday <laughs> was one of the most nastiest things you've ever, one of the nastiest things you'll ever see in an NBA game. And there was no foul to be found anywhere. But that was a major missed call that thankfully instant replay fixed. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. I'm telling you this. I will say this one thing for the NBA. I wish there were more challenge opportunities. I'd rather have the game go two to three minutes longer yeah. and get more calls right. It's tough. Or at least if you get yours right, you can keep it I and think get another should, one. I think if you keep getting your challenge right, you shouldn't mm-hmm. lose it. Yeah, I'm with that. Because why do you want to save a challenge call when it's a blatant missed call in the second quarter? Because you, if you use it in the second, then you're done for the rest of the game. I absolutely... Uh, I don't I don't care about that. It's second quarter, fourth quarter, one possession is one possession to me. You get it right, you get it right. I'm saying if you made the decision to challenge a call, you shouldn't be penalized for only using it just one yeah, time again. I agree. One per half, two per game, whatever you want to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, believe it or not, it's up next. The category is... It's a work in progress. A work in progress, which means the folks at the Marconis don't have to worry about it being particularly good. 713-212-579. If you want to play, believe it or not, it's coming up next to the Matt Thomas Show. 713-212-5790. Gold and silver prices are fluctuating. That means you're going to get tremendous value if you're looking to sell or great value if you're looking to buy. Get it with U.S. Coins and Jewelry at 713-597-6367. U.S. Coins, the Duncan family are the premier gold and silver buyers, and they've been that way since 1985. They buy and sell precious metals and coins and loose diamonds and watches and estate jewelry. Family owned and operated by the Duncan family, known as Houston's most prestigious coin dealer as well. If you're in the mood to buy gold and silver, this is the time to do so with U.S. Coins. 713-597-6367. 713-597-6367. Check them out online at uscoinsandjewelry.com or stop by the location on the Katy Freeway near Voss. 713-597-6367. For gold and silver buying and selling, it's U.S. Coins and Jewelry. Our buddy Hans, who listens to us in Denver, him and his uh, son, we're big fans of theirs. Yeah. Said, happy Monday, you Matt. You met them in Denver, right? Yeah, I did, at the, at the Rockets uh, Nuggets game. Happy Monday, Matt and Ross. Hi. And I really wish I was near a phone call today to call in. The recent horse stud talk between you and Ross <laughs> needs more info. <laughs> Being a stud horse isn't as exciting as you would think the male horse is. He doesn't get to get it on like you would think they would do every day. <laughs> but I mean, that's your job. He basically has his blank removed with a oh. machine put up his blank. Oh. <laughs> and then unofficially placed into the female. Huh. The reasoning is that the money is so ridiculous that they do not want to risk injury. Many years ago, one. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You want to pull a hammy, you're going three times in one day. <laughs> Many years ago, one big horse oh, broke boy. his back mating, <laughs> and that was the end of his days. He broke his back? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, man. <sighs> Ross, any thoughts on this? I, I really don't have any thoughts on this one. Jacob, you anything? I'm good. Okay. It's 
why that's why we have the best audience in Houston. My back is broken. Even when our it's, Denver it's listen, audience, we're not, I think we're so we're so popular. We're number one in Denver too. <laughs> Hopefully, five minutes left to go in the show. What Ooh. should we do? We should play America's fastest growing sports radio game show. We simply call it Believe It or Not, and here's how it works. You'll call 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. Today's edition of Believe It or Not brought to you by PartnersInBuilding.com. Build on your lot or theirs. Number one custom builder in Texas, PartnersInBuilding.com. The category today is, is this person a part of the French open field or not? If he is, you'll say this. Believe it. If he's a fictional tennis player from a TV or movie, you'll say this. Not. Two Believe It Nots in a row win your prize. Jacob, what are we playing for today? We have got some tickets to see Chicago with Brian Wilson. We've also got some what? tickets to see Tesla as well. And that's it. <laughs> don't don't oversell it. Well, hold on. I, I, I had to I had to load it up real quick, but uh Excuse me? Load up the the promo suite. You didn't break your back, did you? Spinal. If any of you broke your back, <laughs> oh, forget it. Don't, don't call. Call the 18. Let them know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 713-212-5790. <laughs> Look at hands supplying material for the Matt Thomas show. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Craig on 790. Craig, you ready to play Believe It or Not? Believe it. Craig, Jordan Thompson, Australian in the French Open. Believe it or not? Not. Believe it. Yes, come on. How do you not know that? Duh. Matt on 790, ready to play Believe It or Not? Believe it. Steve Johnson, United States participant in the French Open, Believe It or Not? Believe it. Believe that it. That's correct. Name number two for the win, Charles Poole, represent the United Kingdom, Believe It or Not? Not. Nah. Yeah, he's nah. from Seven Days in Hell. Congratulations. Did you ever see that movie? That's pretty funny, yeah. I never saw it. It's a comedy. You should check it out. It's Andy Samberg and uh, what's his name? Jon Snow, whoever that is. Can we find Andy Samberg funny? Hit miss. Okay. Uh, Matt on 790. Matt, you're ready to play, believe it or not. Matt? Believe it. Here we go. James Pride represents the United States. Believe it or not. Not. Nah. That's right. He's in the movie Breakpoint. Chris Wilton, Ireland, believe it or not. Not. Nah. Yeah, he was in the movie Match Point. I don't realize there were that many movies about tennis. tennis yeah, I know. Sorry, Jacob. I, I just saw uh, King Richard uh, over the weekend. Yeah, well, Ken Red, Serena Williams, I wasn't going to put in there. Yeah. Chris on 790, ready to play, believe it or not? Believe it. Peter Colt, United Kingdom, believe it or not. Not. Yeah, not. in the movie Wimbledon. Gary Houseman, Australia. Believe it or not? Believe it. Not. No, he was in the movie ah. Balls Out. Duh. Duh. Who hasn't watched the show? Which, see, I don't know. The old system doesn't tell me who I talked to before. Which one did I not talk to, Jacob? Uh, I'm going to... believe that's all. I mean, to leave that all those guys have already... So Matt, Chris, and Scott have all won today? We had hmm. three wins? Yeah, no, there's no chance. Or... Let me see. Scott, did you win already? Chris, did you win already? Chris? 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 Oh, well, forget we got it. a new guy. All right. Jason on 790, ready to play, believe it or not? Believe it. James Duckworth from Australia, believe it or not? Believe it. 
Baby. There you go. Nicely done. You win. And that's going to wrap up the show. How about that? And we don't know how many winners we had, but yeah. we'll figure it well, out. We got at least three, it looks well, like. Well, Jacob will just chase them down for Whatever. us. Whatever. All right. Um, I'm going to reach out to Soledad O'Brien. Again, I want to get Are her you? on the show. I'm going to try. Okay. Good luck. First of all, friend of the show. Have you ever heard of the name Soledad from anybody else except Soledad O'Brien? No. It's an interesting name. My dad's uh, girlfriend's name is Soledad. Her family's from Uruguay. Boom. Damn. The information you get on the Matt Thomas show, it's good. Dusty Baker's going to be on the show tomorrow. We believe a player will be on the show tomorrow. Wonderful. And gut feelings. I didn't get any gut feelings last week because so I got a double mm. up this week. You got a double? Yeah. Double I'm gonna, time? I'm going to give you at least three gut feelings. Oh, I think I tomorrow. made some very bad NBA predictions. We'll find out more of that tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Thanks again to our good friend uh, Chandler Rome for his 2 o'clock visit. Thanks to all of you for listening and being a part of the Matt Thomas Show. Up next, Clinton and Wexler. They take you all the way to 6 o'clock with the A team. And then we got Astros baseball right here on Sports Talk 790.